0: Having a bad start to the new year? Well, hang in there, because we are back with your favorite Avatar: The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy Jacob Redman. Jacob, how you doing? And first of all, happy New Year, my friend!
1: Yeah, happy New Year to you too. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, we're here to talk about probably the worst part of the Avatar franchise. So I'm sure that's gonna uh lead to some great podcasting but more importantly we have enough podcasting power to move a pebble uh if we all put <laughs> our might into it we all do a dance uh well choreographed dance i think we could move a pebble um you know uh maybe we'll see I hope uh, yeah we're we're joined by two great guests on this podcast to break down this atrocious avatar the last airbender movie with us
0: yeah, we're joined by like two amazing guests. We'll give top billing to the guests we have not had on our podcast before. You've heard of him. You've heard him on the Everything is Super podcast. He's also appeared on Robin and podcast, Just Like Us. He's famous for his amazing rants on numerous topics. Please welcome Kevin Mahadeo to our little podcast. Kevin, how are you doing today?
2: I could be better. <laughs> um, I mean, like, uh, I think we were talking about this in the Discord, but who needs Sozin's comment right now when I have this movie to fuel my firebending rage? Because holy crap this is this is this is my first podcast of 2021 so I'm starting off great (laughs) uh yeah this
0: is our first podcast 2020 of 2021 as well and yeah this is this movie was I don't know like I might cuss at a certain point once we get into it my apologies maybe I'll leave a disclaimer in advance I don't know because I got a lot of thoughts on this movie and a lot of them were NSFW takes because man this just pissed me (laughs) off like watching this movie I was I don't know about y'all I was physically Angry during while I was like watching this. Like, do you mean angry? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> the mispronunciations. Like, I, I'm you know, M. Night Chamala must have seen season one because it follows season one chronologically. But why is every avatar so good? Did, like he, did he, or did he,
2: <laughs> did he just read a Wikipedia or someone give him a checklist of here's what happened? Maybe, um, maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll get into all that fun stuff.
1: (laughs) We're also joined by the great Josh Wiggler. Josh is known all in these podcast streets, you know, uh, doing the like post show recaps, everything, uh, doing the Wiggle Room. You know him from everything, and uh, we're happy to have our Avatar Roku on again to guide us through this terrible, terrible movie. Uh, (laughs) 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 What is this movie? It's unbelievable. Uh, The
3: Avatar? What? What is happening here? It's so odd to me. First of all, Zach, Jacob, great to be with you again. Uh And congratulations <laughs> on making it through the entirety of season one and getting ready to embark on season two. But don't you feel foolish because you could have just podcasted about... Avatar, The Last Arbunder, and then you would have basically just hit the highlights of season one, and then you could have just moved on into season two. I guess you'd be missing some joy. Uh, you'd be talking, people would be confused when they got to season two. It's like, hey, why is his name Sokka? Isn't it Soka? And aren't, aren't they supposed to be white? You know, what's going on here?
0: <laughs> the casting. Oh, man. Oh, boy.
3: I thought they're white.
0: Uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my goodness. A little inside baseball here. So I was honestly, when we started this podcast, I was like, okay, we should podcast about the movie at a certain point. And I think I was talking to Josh. I was talking to you offline. You were like, oh, sign me up. I want to talk about this. Yeah, because I'd never seen it before. Me neither. I've never I had never seen it before. And I think it'd be like a funny one to have me and Kevin
3: on for because I had I had this feeling because I know of Kevin's reverence for for Avatar. Uh mm-hmm. and I and I figured like he would probably really hate it and get you you want to Kevin you have become famous for your rants and rightfully <laughs> so because <laughs> you get so mad and you are so artful with your rage. Uh that it felt like it was probably uh this was the right time to to bring the two of us two of us into this. I
4: yeah. mean
2: uh, yeah look I, you know I I enjoy raging out certainly um uh, you know that's my secret I'm always angry but Man, I was so unprepared, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, like, and from the moment this movie begins, I was already just like, but why are they making these choices? I guess the very, very beginning is fine, where they do the, like, here's the studio logos, and they're using the elements, and I was like, oh, that's, that's a fun thing. And then the moment the actual movie starts, I'm just like, wait, but wh- why are you making the choice? Why are you doing the things that you do? <laughs> like... Every time we try to have something nice or good, you make it not that way, like, to go into an office rent. But, yeah, just... (laughs) mm.
1: The movie starts out super strong. I thought the logos were so cool. Uh, I was all over it, and it just goes downhill so fast. There's some Um, things about the movie that, like, uh, for for a minute there, it's like, oh, wait, this... Maybe this is actually
3: going to be a little better than I thought cuz like it's it's that opening title treatment and you're getting like the fire be- and it's like oh well, they watched the show uh they were like, bringing some of that stuff to life and then enter Jackson Rathbone but really it's even before that it's like the opening crawl where they like the avatar it's like literally <laughs> it's a show in which and it's animated, and it is leaning so hard on the power of voice acting, and the pronunciations are there all through the show. Also, you—if you're going to change it, none of you can keep this consistent within the movie. Yeah, that no old one can man. Say he
0: says Avatar. Do he pronounces Avatar normally? So. Yeah. Always- Avatar.
3: Avatar sometimes. He says Avatar. Sometimes they say Iro. Sometimes they say Ero. <laughs> What are you doing, you idiots? Figure it out. Where is your
2: script supervisor? I don't think they had. There, there isn't one because I think M Knight just scripts all his own stuff, and then like no one touches it. It's like he was Lucas before Lucas. I don't know. Like I don't know that it's. I don't know that we can put this all
3: on M Knight Shyamalan. I really don't. I really don't think that we can. I think that there is something important to note in this moment in time. There's a lot. Kevin, as you lean in, there is much to lay at M. Night Shyamalan's feet. I'd say a a very (laughs) large amount of this movie. But I don't think all of it. There's, There's something that's happening culturally in this moment. This is a 2010 movie that's dropping. It is dropping not terribly long after, can you believe it? It is for many, many moons from this moment forward as well, the biggest movie of all time, Avatar. Uh, there's a reason why the word avatar is not in the title of this movie. It's the last airbender. They can't confuse it with Avatar the Last Airbender. Whether it's like legally or it's because they don't want to confuse people. Frankly, they probably should have called it Avatar the Last Airbender. Like get people in. It's like, oh, is it the Avatar sequels out? What the fuck is this? You know, like <laughs> you know, like they probably should have done that. But I also wonder beyond excluding avatar the the name i wonder if this is why also within the movie like well we got to delineate ourselves even, even further we got to call it the avatar and then i wonder is that like a a late studio note this movie reeks of a studio not getting this shit right at all i uh, i i, I, think I, that I speaks I, to a lot of the inconsistency i think that is a huge element in here that's that that cannot under.
2: Like I don't even I don't even know if that's true because like honestly the the avatar part is also just a, a regional pronunciation um, the, the, the the emphasis the the, the ah is is uh, derived derived from British English basically like so if if you're from like I think certain parts of India even they would say like avatar as opposed to avatar um, it's just a pronunciation thing by region so like that could just be a note like oh well uh, again like. Messing around with like, what are, what are the, what are the, like, if they're from this area in, in the, in the, in the, in the, not US, but in, in the actual world, how would that translate to the way they pronounce words? Like, that could be that, but. I don't think it went as far as like the studio being like you have to pronounce Avatar differently. And
4: sadly Because <laughs> like, it doesn't speak for
2: the rest of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and sadly the pronunciation of well the mispronunciations all over the place are, n- are not even the worst part of the movie in my opinion. Correct. I think there's a lot worse. It's, Before- a, it's a big it's a big
3: uh like mm-hmm a calling card though right off the bat you're like yes Ugh.
0: and i think that hey. opening like title like body of text is where they lose me when they yeah. start mispronouncing words and all that before we get too deep into the movie which we already have though kevin i want to ask you how did you initially get into avatar last airbender the tv show and the actual series how like how did you start with it going so, to give us your little backstory
2: yeah, like like it seems like for many people, I was introduced to it by some friends. I I remember Mm -hmm. I was visiting one of my friends who was living in uh, North Carolina at the time. So I I drove down to visit him and two of our other friends uh, came by. And so we were all together and two of them had seen um, Avatar already. uh, And they were like, oh, man, this show is really great. We need to watch it. And uh, so we started watching it. I think season one was out and there were a few episodes into season two by this point. So um, we start watching this and I distinctly remember I immediately liked it. But my friends also like trying to figure out like what character is Kevin going to like? Um, And I remember they were all like, "Okay, well, I think it's going to be this character. They don't really show up until later. Um, And they clearly had in their mind that they think I was going to like my uh or may my what am i doing i'm doing uh, wow. this yeah uh, yeah so, yeah. Just so be uh but i remember the episode i believe it was the storm they show zuko's flashback which is i'm gonna bring up later in this podcast uh they show his flashback and they just cut to the scene in the crowd where he's getting burned and iroh is there looking like horrified and next to him is little Azula being, like, excitedly happy. And I was like, that one! That was my favorite character. I don't know who that one is, but that was probably my favorite. And, like, it was just... I didn't even know Azula's become a character. It was just so quintessentially me to, like, a character who's so, like, bizarrely sadistic. And they all lost their minds. Because it was, like, a second of her appearance. And we won't even see her again until the end of the season one. And we won't even really get her to season two. But I remember that moment because it was just so quintessentially me to just be immediately in the air. Like, that's my, that whoever that is, that was my favorite. That's my character right there. And so if that lived to be mostly true, uh, Azula is probably my second favorite character, I would say. But yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a hard read right there. You know, you picked one of the better antagonists in, like, TV shows. That Yeah, great job. Uh, yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> Who, who's your favorite character from the show?
2: I mean, Zuko. Like... Okay. I think Azula, Azula has, like, the traits and qualities and, like, I- interesting aspects to her that I really love with a lot of characters, but Zuko, especially at the end, by the end of the series, hits exactly the type of character that I love. Like, when I say, like, Darth Vader is my favorite Star Wars character, this pretty much lines up exactly with this type of stuff, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it's one of the best redemption arcs in, mm-hmm.
0: like, especially children's shows, like, there's very few characters exactly like Zuko, so that's not too surprising, and I guess we already got, Josh, we got your intro a little bit, so... I mean, yeah, but it was Kevin, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, Avatar was coming to Netflix, I think, I think
3: Zach and Jacob, you both were like, we would love to do this, and I had watched a little bit because Kevin had already told me to, and then I wanted to watch more to see if it would be a good fit on post-show, and then I was like, yeah, they want to take this for a ride, let's do that, because it's a great show, uh, and I think that they could make magic happen, so, you know, I guess... Really, all three of you?
0: <laughs> wow! Yeah, well, it was, was a
4: big hug. It was effort.
0: Yeah, because I remember messaging you, and you were like, "Oh yeah, I just started this. All right, let me finish it and get back yeah. to you." And it was like all the, all the stars lined up. I've so. slowed down. I'm, I'm I think I'm six episodes
3: out from finishing Cora, and I've been like at that spot for a little while just because so much else has popped up. But I'm really excited to do that. And then once I'm done with Cora, have I? Have I watched all of the stuff now that I've seen this? Uh,
0: off yeah, there's the Kiyoshi novels, which I didn't read until I actually started the podcast. Yeah, those are good. In my opinion, they're like arguably better than. Mm, you I don't know how to read, so <laughs> that is a big <laughs> problem for you. Um, uh, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so those are uh, pretty good. They're easy reads, I
1: think. Uh, yeah for, for the illiterate I believe that is uh, that is it so it's going to be a challenge
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, should, so should we get into this bastard idea, bastardization of the series or <laughs> anything else we want to talk about Jake, you know, before we start gosh
3: what a tough time yeah <laughs> talk, about any, tough tra- time. talk about anything
0: else before we have to do this <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we already we talked about the intro a little bit we start like we started with this title scroll where they're talking about I don't know. I just found this like initially, like you guys, I thought it was cool. it was like, oh, they actually did the intro from the show, but then once we get this like body of text, I'm just like, ah, <laughs> I was a little owl, I was like but i was
3: there was yeah. this moment there was like this flickering moment of hope, you know where yeah there the, was the the part, and then you're like, oh, but maybe. Maybe this is like a panned movie that's actually going to be a little better than The Reputation. It's funny, too. uh The day before I watched this, uh my wife and I watched Geely for the first time, uh, which is widely discussed as one of the worst movies of all time. And walking into it, I was like, this can't be as bad as ever. Oh, it is. Oh, it's exactly as bad as everyone says. And then, like a day later, it's like watching that opening scene of of Avatar, the Last R-Bonder. Uh, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe this is the one that's not going to be quite as
1: bad. <laughs> you yeah, know, and I then it was uh, like, maybe this is going to be okay. I think you need to start trusting people. Uh, a I little think bit you're right <laughs> <laughs> because if I have huge trust issues, I I really need to open up. I really, yeah, really do. Uh, this movie is as bad as people say, so you really can trust the uh, general oh. consensus there. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. So I
2: just felt oh, continue. Can... So like, here's the thing for the beginning, because it's not for me. It, it's it's the crawl, but it's more than the mispronunciations because they like when you're just looking and they're showing the like um, water, earth, fire, air part. Like that part actually looks pretty cool, and I was like, oh, visually it's awesome. And I was like, that's weird. They didn't they didn't actually say the words. Mm, all right, that's fine. And then you get into the crawl, and the crawl, besides the mispronunciations, is also changed from the original narration. Yes. And that, to me, was also side number one, where you literally could have just been like, let's just take the narration. Let's like just do that, like, have them say, like, you know, have Katara just say, like, you know, uh, water, earth, fire, air. And then do the, like, long ago, the Four Nations, like, literally just crib it, just take it, just take it and have her say it. But they changed it, and it should be, like, key number one of, like, oh, they're just going to change things for changing sake, aren't they? And they do. Like, there's, like, weird changes that happen throughout. And, like, to me, like, that's the big sign, that they changed the opening for no reason. No reason at all. And there's, there's and a lot
0: of changes they make for no reason and it's like, why? Like, why do firebenders need a source of fire near them? Like, that's such an unnecessary change and, like, you're already, M. Night Shyamalan's, like, spending so much money on all this CGI and stuff, so why do they need a source? Like, there's so many on-changes that they made for, as you said, Kevin, making, cha- like, just for the sake of making these changes and the question is, why? Why do they do anything? And then we get into this, this is where I was out on the movie completely, five minutes in, when I see Jackson Rathbone as Sokka. <laughs> and it's like, my gosh like if you're gonna cast all these minorities and these people of color as all these things and you do it incorrectly like I mean, in my opinion the water tribe should have been brown people the the uh, the fire nation should have been Chinese people but they already if you're already casting them all as people of color then why have the water tribe be these white people like you're already taking I, I can't buy any of the like the water tribe is based on like Inuits and Eskimos I can't buy these white people I can't buy Paku later on the movie with his like weird war cry like this old why, I, mean, I can't buy any of this, and not only that. Like, I forget who's the actress playing Katara here. Oh, do you guys uh, remember her name? It's yeah, it's good if you I'll do. Get in a second. It's, yeah, but, uh, it's uh, Nicole Nicola Peltz. Peltz. Yeah, yeah I think, and yeah. Nic- Nicola Peltz, I'm sorry. Like, she's putting on a good effort. She's horrible as I, in this movie. And Jackson Rathbone is absolutely dog shit. I'm sorry. Like, his yeah. performance here is really bad throughout the movie. Are we whole doing movie, uh, MVP,
3: LVPs? Because I do think you probably have to give LVP to Jackson Rathbone. Yes,
0: LVP. And you know what? I guess we'll get into it. I'll give my MVP to Dev Patel. I think. He's the only person.
3: Who so he realizes he, he's in a movie and this, is doing his job? There, there is I feel this, bad for him there because there is the dialogue this dialogue. Because crap like too. he he actually like he's he's really good. You know? Yes, he's, a great, <laughs> he's really good. He? He's a great Zuko. He's actually awesome. He is by far and away the best part of the movie. It's not even a little bit
0: close. Yeah. And they gave uh, him such crappy dialogue too. I don't know, Jacob, what were you when were, were Jacob, I have a question for you. When were you out on the movie, I feel like? When were you completely like I'm done?
1: Because you had seen the movie
0: prior to this, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was a little bit annoyed. And yeah, you didn't um, warn us!
3: you <laughs> not let's not do it you know what it isn't worth it let's not do it
2: Misery yeah. company i get it
1: <laughs> i did not realize how bad this movie was i saw it the day it came out with my best friend we were so excited and i gotta say like even through the opening title crawl like it was different like they had the template right in front of them they threw it away that's annoying but i was i was there for the movie um for like a few minutes even um like I think it took until essentially uh, Soka started talking and that's when I started getting out on the movie. I think that Same. the water bending is actually like very promising. The first thing that we see of bending looks decent. Like you have a big thing of water. It's kind of cool that there's like water trickling down. Uh, and then yes, yeah, as, as soon as Jackson Rathbone started speaking, I was like, I'm out.
0: Uh, Is there more we want to get into from this, like, prior to them meeting Aang? Because they meet Ang pretty soon. Is there anything else you guys want to get into from this horrible opening scene, I feel like?
2: just It's not so much the opening scene, but I do, like, I mean, we might as well, like, you hit it. So, like, I do want to address the <laughs> the white elephant in the room. Um, that, like, okay, the casting, right? So going in, I already obviously knew, like, <laughs> the main characters were all white. Which was like obviously bizarre. And I was always just like, that's so stupid, though. What I didn't know. And then watching this movie, I didn't think the experience of watching could make the things I knew worse, but it did. Because (laughs) there's a scene like shortly after where they cut to the Water Tribe area and there are native people there. And when you see the airbenders, they're mixed. Like there's different races in the air nomads. So that means. They had, like, that's worse to me, because that means that there are people of color in this world, in the different, like, tribes and and nomads, but the main characters are white, so that means that they had, they chose, they purposely chose, like, why are they white? Oh, well, we know why. Like, that is so, like, I would have rather that they were all white than have (laughs) it be like, no, there are minorities, we just chose not to have them cast in the main role, because... You can't have a minority leading this movie. That's they're like, a, they're yeah, yeah. actors. They're horrible. Like yeah. if
0: their acting was redeemable, yeah. sure, maybe I would be able to like rationalize it in my head. Like I'm used to seeing white main characters on TV as a person of color. So whatever. Maybe I could rationalize, it. But no, but their acting is so, especially God Jackson Rathbone. Like every CD <laughs> is brought with UA where they like instantly fall in love. Like <laughs> if, uh, if Jackson
3: cool. Rathbone is older than me. I don't know if he's older than Kevin. I think he might be. Uh, he's a he's a nineteen he's from nineteen eighty four. Okay, so he's Kevin. Uh, you're a little bit older than Jackson Rathbone. Okay, <laughs> a little bit older than Jackson Rathbone. But Kevin's old ass is not the right age for soccer. No. He also won no. the
0: Razzie for worst actor this year for his performance in this and I think one of the Twilight movies. Twilight. And man, he deserves this. Yeah, he deserves yeah, that. Yeah, award. He's, he's one of the Collins. He's
2: one of the Collins in the Twilights, he's, which I know Kevin loves. I was just gonna say, yes, he he's Jasper. Um, but like Jasper, also the way he is in the movies is very, like, just very deadpan. So it's very, it was very hard to be like Jackson Rathbone could do well when given Sokka's well, but the I. The funny,
3: witty one! Sokka's the one whose entire well, thing is being smart, witty, funny, a little bit of a derp, uh, and like just like kind of like cleverly funny, like clumsily falling his way into success. And Jackson
2: Rathbone's just like sex pot Sokka forget it. well there's there's not even a single joke in this movie, and that's part of the other issue yeah. is that they strip out the heart and emotion of this of this show and the, the humor to just leave you with seriousness, which but wait, what about again that scene where where
3: Ong is uh posing behind zuko when they're fighting and oh yeah uh, that i, I have that in my that notes not as really, being
2: like really straight
0: funny? out of like Looney tunes yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah but funny? like even even then like it, it's it's just one of these instances too of like again josh you wanted to be like i can't lay it at m Night, but i am because he's a, he like all his stuff he has done previously has been serious or ironically humorous like the happening or the visit um but so to give him this movie where he is an act, he is a director who does a lot of like serious work. And also it is a director's job to try to bring performances out of their actors. And he clearly did it to none of them. It felt like every person except Dev Patel really is just literally reading their lines or having it fed to them by earpiece as they're speaking them. No one is actually like giving emotion or anything to their lines, which is something he does a lot in his movies but when you have a movie that is treated more adult and serious and 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 the tone that he generally does it could be okay in here it's completely off-putting and and just doesn't fit into the world and the environment that they're trying to give us so yeah it's so much of it is him he's a director direct give him (laughs) give him direction (laughs)
1: <laughs> I completely the, the darker agree. tone is definitely intentional I, I think that like even in interviews when he was talking about it he was saying like he wants to make the second one way darker like he wants to really like bring out these characters and I feel like it's like uh, kind of the fault of like the Dark Knight being so successful is having like a darker Batman they're like oh let's make the Avatar super serious so yeah. I felt yeah, like all kid of this was super, super dark but then yeah. he
0: contradicts himself in another interview where he's like yeah people don't like the movie don't understand it and I made it for kids it's like oh if you made it for kids and why'd you strip out all the humor and all the things that made yeah. After the Last Airbender good? And I'm, I'm completely with Kevin here because if M. Night Shyamalan was just the director, fine. Maybe you could blame the studio or whatever, but he wrote it, he produced it, <laughs> he did all this. So he had a lot of creative control and I think most of the blame for this movie being the way it is should be laying at his feet. But I mean, we yeah. talked a lot. We should continue with a little bit here. So I got, there's another beast in the room that I want to talk about. Appa, who pops up like we see ang yada yada they really yada yada ang's backstory you know, we get into it later a it's little ong. more in the movie with oh my fault. i think it's important to call him ong,
3: ong, the ong, Avatar okay. because it actually does like separate that out for me a little yes. bit
0: but no you're right you're right yeah. okay. that's not ang no no you're right that's not ang that's, that's ong ong. in there so we see ong and then we see Appa, and my goodness Appa in this movie looks absolutely absolutely Oh, I, I, <laughs> Appa! My apologies, Appa in this movie because I remember seeing clips of this when I was a kid, and I was like, Appa looks horrifying. He looks scary. And I felt that while I was watching the movie. You guys notice his legs? Like, the kid, I mean, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but the kid hanging off Appa's legs or something, that just looked awful. Like, (laughs) the CGI used on Appa here, I don't know if they were running out of money or something, but my gosh, Appa went from this cute, lovable giant to this, like, hideous creature. Like, my gosh, I don't know. I was very put off by his design. Yeah,
1: it's the face for me. That thing, it sits in my nightmares constantly. Like, (laughs) that and Momo, like, we'll get to it later, but those His faces are like just so creepy that i was a little scared to go to sleep uh, last night after <laughs> watching the movie oh, sorry
3: jacob oh god we don't need any more nightmares you know? Like, know the world
2: is doing a good enough job creating them you didn't need alpha i think it feels like it says how bad everything else is for me because like it, it, there's one thing i wrote down where i was just like i guess alpha and momo look a fine like was was where i landed on it they don't give them the personality they need to really cutify them up either which is part of the problem yes but like in general i was like well they got the shapes and colors correct the there shapes, the
3: shapes <laughs> are about right yeah yeah you know i'd say like, like the
2: general shape of uh, i mean that's where we are here josh <laughs> is that you just you gotta look for something and they had yeah. that yeah fair, um, fair. a low boy and then
0: and then we're introduced to Dev Patel, as Zuko and Iro, General Iro here. Hero. What were you guys' thoughts on Iro as a character overall, uh, overall? Because he has this weird face turn in the middle of the movie that they don't really do a good job setting up. And I just think, like, the problem with Iro and Zhao as well in this movie is that they're just so... They have no energy. They're just so glad, no. and every time they're on screen... And it's like, as a person of color... I want like when I see a minority in a main role, I don't want to have, be critical of their acting ability. You know what I mean? Or like be critical of them in general. I want to be like, oh yeah, they did a great job. But especially. Rep Jao. Sweats. Yeah, I want like Rep yeah. sweats. Yeah, I want to like give them props, but man, Zhao <laughs> no. and General Ero really especially Zhao, honestly, took me out of tough. every scene he was they're in. They're b- they're both great actors. Yes, and you I don't agree.
3: need to see you don't need to see them in the last airbender. And like if, if that's your only context, maybe you're gonna be like, Really? But like they are really great actors in a lot of stuff. I don't know if anybody watches evil. Uh, Asif Manvi who plays Zhao is a regular on that show. He's incredible. He's popped up in a ton of stuff. He's Peter Parker's boss in Spider-Man 2 when he fires him for failing to deliver the pizzas. He's Mm. been great. In so many things. I saw him on stage once. He was really,
2: really, really good. Sean I mean, Taub. Don't skip the Daily Show, which is probably his, like, biggest claim to fame. And, yeah, Sh- yeah. And,
3: Sh- and Sean Taub is, uh, is an excellent actor. He's, uh, one of the, one of the OG Marvel Cinematic Universe characters as Yinsen uh, in, in Iron Man. And he has been amazing in a lot of stuff as well. Uh, so they're both great. Uh, I think, um, for me, the the bigger issue is General Iroh, Uh because this is the best character. hero
0: in- you mean? Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. God, <laughs> Iroh, Uh Like this, Iro's reborn. Like this is the this is the biggest one for me because like that's the best character in the show for me. Uh, uh, and his his whole side story entails from Bossing Say and the way that they. Uh, use him in, uh, the final season, which I'll, I'll be light on in case there are people who are listening who, who don't know. Uh, like, I love what they do with him there. Uh, he is just an exceptional character. Uh, and he's just kind of like, I, I actually do think, and I, I say this as like a, a chubby dude. Uh, like, I actually think it, you kind of need him to be sort of like a bigger chubby dude. Uh, like, I think, like, he needs to be, like, sort of like this jolly giant quality about him that is somehow, like, linked up with the quote unquote bad guys, because that's what helps you start to process that maybe, like, the Zuko storyline isn't exactly as it appears at first blush. There's none of that joy, none of that jolliness, uh, very, very serious portrayal of the character. I just don't think any of that quite comes out, and it really bums me out, uh, cause, Uh I I love that character so much. Yeah, and and
0: like like you're saying, they're great actors. And I think again, I think a lot of this is M. Night Shyamalan's material. Yeah. Material. Yeah. They don't really have too much to work with. Especially um General Eero's like dialogue. It's like he's just so bland and boring. At least like Iroh had some jokes in the show, especially early season one. Iroh's like goofing about while everyone else is serious. He's almost like like the, you the, the comic relief in a way but yeah it's just they're just so devoid of life like this movie like sucked the joy out of,
4: out of <laughs> yeah me. they're it, just like, reading I mean, their lines are. yeah yeah
1: yeah I, I feel like it was really hard to distinguish hero from Zhao. like uh, like obviously they're different people but like their characters like there's nothing that separates them their motivations seem exactly the same like there's no like you know um Ulterior motive for Eero until like, uh, you know, Zhao ends up killing the moon spirit like it just seems like he's a regular Fire Nation guy like he seems like he's just like there to help out with his, uh, you know, his nephew. He seems like he has nothing else going on. He has no joy, no jokes. Uh, you don't see that he's actually like looking out for Zuko's best interest. He's just a general bad person.
2: It's exactly it. I don't think they wrote any or, you know, gave any, again, direction or motivation for these, uh, for these actors' characters. Like, you, they're just never specified, I think, to them. And they're just reading the lines without really understanding or really connecting to them. And that's, mm-hmm. this is what happens is that you have a movie devoid of emotion and, and drive and everything from characters that are supposed to be amazing and wonderful. You, you lose all of it. And also, I mean, you know, we, we did praise Dev Patel, but also I did want to point out here, Like he shows up, and I'm like, Look, I know it's hard to make Dev Patel unattractive, but you could have tried. Like, they barely gave him the scar. It looks like he just didn't sleep for a few days. Like, it it barely is anything. (laughs) And it's like, undersold the story, right? Like, I feel like the
3: way that they portrayed the story of what happened between him and the Fire Lord, like, with, with like the way that they told it and That's, and like this the is physical jumping ahead, but of it uh like really undersells the severity of what's supposed to to have happened to Zuka yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess we should continue, like because there's so. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to into, that because right? I, I, I there. I, I, I also have a lot of thoughts with that. So the next scene here, I think it's their grandmother of uh, explaining what the spirit world is, and this is a big part of this movie. For some reason, yeah, right? why is the spirit, spirit world? Yeah, I don't understand why they even tried to incorporate the spirit world, and they essentially half-assed it. Because throughout the movie, we have this dragon spirit talking to Ang this whole time. Use water on the southern part, or whatever. Use water essentially is the advice. He gives him and that's it. And it's like, I kind of just wish they didn't even try. They didn't even bother. Like, I think the movie, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's already terrible as is, but them trying to incorporate the spirit world as like a plot point made it even worse. uh, I thought, at least. I don't know. Jacob, what were you thinking when you got to this point in the movie?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, one thing they got right is that the Southern Water Tribe looked pathetic. I thought they did a great job of like (laughs) making that just look like, uh, you know, some bad set. Yeah, I think that the emphasis on the spirit world is odd. Uh, I think that, yeah, they could have used the time instead to put some fun into the movie, maybe go on an adventure that, like, builds the characters instead of being like, oh, yeah, like, by the way, this is going to happen. We're not going to really explain it, but we're going to try so that at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, spirit world mumbo jumbo. At least, like, we yeah. gave lip service to it. Yeah, and it's just, it's so disappointing, honestly. This movie as a whole, it's like, they just, it's
0: like, they adapted this and this may be the worst like uh, live action adaptation of anything it's like this and like dragon ball evolution or whatever that was oh i never i never did that no me neither i never watched it but it's i did like,
2: i've seen it twice
0: and okay and, and, <laughs> kevin I, since you've seen both what do you think is like the worst one because this for me they got everything wrong essentially there's like very little they got right
2: here so i mean Dragon Ball Evolution got also like I think nothing wrong, but they at least got the names right. Like that was at least <laughs> something in there. Um, there's a lot wrong with that movie, but it's so weird because in Dragon Ball Evolution, I still like was entertained by its badness. I'm just like, oh, this is bad, but like stuff happens. I'm like, this is so stupid. But this movie, like, there's none of that part of it to me to be like, this is so stupid in a like, oh my god, I'm laughing way. It's all just. This is just bad. And I think like the spirit world is, is like a good indication beginner part because like that starts happening. And I'm like, why is this even in here? Like, why are they talking about the spirit world so much? But it's also like, you might as well call this exposition, the movie. Cause I've seen a lot of films, but this movie is just pure exposition. All it is, is like, like you said, you you should be building plot and character through actions and 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 like scenes together and like you know like that sort of stuff. And in this, it's just like okay, well, we're just gonna talk about the things and explain it to everyone, Uh, even to like the worst thing you know in writing that they tell you is if you have a character say to another character as you know you are effing up because it is exposition. That's all you're doing. A car- if you're saying, as you know, that person knows that you don't need to repeat it. Why are they repeating it to each other? And that happens in this movie. Like, there's a speech, and literally uh, Zhao starts off being like, as you know, and it goes on for one I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. But like, this <laughs> part specifically was the moment where I'm like, oh my God. And then the VO, the constant VO, literally describing the scenes we're seeing. And it's just like, holy crap. This movie is just exposition, which again, Pulls the wind out of those sails and like really just doesn't make it work on an emotional level because you're not connecting. You're just hearing people say things versus actually seeing them. You know, it's the show don't tell. They didn't listen to that at all.
0: Well, uh, as you know, um, Kevin, no, I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> you know, Kevin, I'm But no, for, for real, I was going to say, add on to that. It's like, I think a lot of the issues from this movie is that they try to cram all of season one into yes, this. Yes. And I think they do that. They do such a disservice. Like, honestly, if they just made the whole movie just like the first two episodes and just like focused on that plot and did a bunch of stuff. I think it could have been a little better and it probably would still be crap. Don't get me wrong, but just them trying to and then it just becomes exposition the movie. You're right. And just them like explaining stuff rather than actually advancing these plot points, and that's yeah, where a lot of the like, issues arise. You know, the thing that they
3: lose, which is the 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 heart of the show, is the dynamic of the trio.
2: You mm-hmm. know uh, that that's gone completely in this. they haven't I, even introduced each other? By the way, they don't know each other's names. Yeah, yet because you know, like, <laughs> at this point, they still haven't introduced themselves. That's gone. That's gone through this approach.
3: Um, and like it is, uh, it is, it is a nightmare uh, as a result because they try to like speed through so many events. And like that's like the beauty of the show is because, especially, I think that first season, there's so much of them just like on the road together and, you know, thing of the week yeah, happening. Yeah, like growing together. That you're yes. getting to meet them, mm-hmm. you're getting to know them, and they're getting to know each other. And it's a little hard to convey that in an adaptation, I think, to a certain extent. Um, but, I don't know. I I think that there's definitely a version of of
0: Airbender where you can you can have that that core crew like actually pop not only do they have very few scenes of the core crew even together, like just the three of them, but when they do, it's like the actors just have no chemistry. Mm -hmm. Those scenes are some of the worst, and part a lot of it to me is Jackson Rathbone is, like, every time he was giving dialogue, oh my gosh, it was horrible, but I just think all those scenes just did not land is the sad part, whereas in the show, when you get just Aang, Katara, and Sokka, me and Jacob have just gone through all of season one, and that's almost some of the best content when it's just the three of them whereas in a movie it's just some of the worst so yeah. that's just oh it's just the whole thing's disappointing yeah. And then there's yeah. some like little funny things i noticed like when you first see ang he just barely even uses his airbending like at one point when i'm skipping ahead a little bit but when they get to the earth nation kingdom he just like he, he just jumps over some steps like he uses his airbending just jump over like four steps and i'm like man I can do that without even <laughs> airbending. <In laughs> oh show, well, what a brag, Zach. Okay, no, 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 just no, you can, no, you can no. jump. And I'm, up, I'm the worst work. athlete ever, so I ain't trying to humble brag here. The thing was in the show. I remember early in season one when you first see Aang airbending. He's like scaling off like mountain cliffs and stuff. So I don't know. Like a lot of the bending in this movie, they really like maybe they didn't have. I mean, they had, it seems like they spent a lot of money on the CGI, but maybe there's like okay, we can't make it the way it was in the show. So a lot of the bending a bit like techniques are just very unimpressive especially
1: the aforementioned pebble scene which we'll get to pretty yeah soon. pretty soon <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah I, I just think that you know like when they're trying to set up the lore they really are not um doing a great job like the, the way that they introduce the spirit world is not a place you can touch it exists in valleys mountains and forests like, that tells me no information about it. Like, that even when they're trying to build, like, the, you know, they're trying to build up the uh, universe a little bit. Or when they're, like, talking and, um, you know, Grand Grand's like, oh, like, you are supposed to have responsibility for the, uh, for Aang here or Ong here. Um, even that is, like, completely flat. And it just does not make a ton of sense to me. Uh Yeah, I I feel like even when they try to give like some sort of backstory, it just ends up being exposition, like backdoored in there somehow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I want to say we can yada yada over the plot here a little bit. So then Aang eventually Zuko comes in with Eero. They capture Aang, basically what, what we see in like the first two episodes of the show. But then one thing I want to point out here is that Aang gets captured. He escapes the ship. They have their little battle, and then he flies on Appa, and then they just leave, and that's it. And, and they what bounce. I thought, I, and this isn't what happens in the show, and I found this very odd because if Aang, and Sokka, or Soka, and Katara just leave, and they leave Zuko and Iro, wouldn't Zuko and Iro just like destroy the Southern Water? Wouldn't they just like raise that village and just like burn it to the ground? Like that's what that was one thing I didn't understand. Where they're just like, okay, we're dipping on our journey. We'll just leave Zuko and Iro here with like these defenseless. <laughs> Like old
1: white tribes, people. So, I don't know. I just well, found that whole thing on Yeah, I'm I think not especially. Sure. Oh, go ahead, Jacob. Sorry. I'm not sure how intimidating the Fire Nation actually is. You know, they need a source of fire. You just douse <laughs> everything in water, and what are they <laughs> going to do? They're going to have the spearmen waddle around like penguins. Like, that's what they're going to do to intimidate you. That's
2: exactly, that's such a, that's such a good point too, because like the whole thing about the Fire Nation and their ability to also like take over was because they could generate their own fire. It made them dangerous. It made them such a massive threat against the other benders. If anything, this like having to have a source makes them weaker than literally any of the others, because you know what is a lot of around? Earth and wind (laughs) and uh, earth and air and like, uh, water, especially in the southern water and northern water temples like it just makes the, the 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 fire nation who's supposed to be such a dangerous threat so much weaker by comparison and it's exactly that like i guess you're right it, even if- they showed up, they'd be like, oh, just, just put some water everywhere, and they can't generate fire. <laughs> they have to bring, like, a lighter, and, rub some sticks together. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and, and from the get-go, you can't even take the Fire Nation seriously. I don't know. Like, even Iroh, like, he just at least did, like, the actor they chose, I don't know. I would have rather they had, like, they just casted the whole Fire Nation as Chinese people. I think the Fire Nation is very, like, it's obviously, you can see in the show, it's inspired by China. It would have just been nice, and I think the change that they could have made is either make the Water Tribe all South Asian people, don't get me wrong I feel like Brown people in Hollywood, as well as Chinese people, don't have the best representation. So a live action adaptation of Avatar could have been the perfect vehicle to make the careers of so many like brown and Chinese actors, and instead they just drop the ball on that so bad and just shoehorn in wrath. Yeah, and then they just shoehorn in these like (laughs) white main characters who do a horrible job. Like if they were even remotely good at acting, or at least doing it, if they're remotely good acting in this movie, then fine, I would be able to just give it it up pass but no not even that i can't even give it a pass it's horrible so yeah Yeah. that's what's really depressing for me just like they had so many things even there would have been changes they could have made to the original source material that i would have been able to understand at the very least and instead all the changes they made just take away from everything because like kevin was saying the fire nation is just way weaker they're they're not intimidating at all if they can't generate their own source of fire like that takes away pretty much everything that made them powerful so yeah. it's so tough to me to buy them as like big bad antagonist here.
1: Yeah, I, th- well, now I think we get to a part that like uh, maybe I should be a little more tentative is decent. Uh, I feel like the, they do a good job at the Southern Air temple. Uh, mm-hmm. like I, I thought that, that was one of the better adaptations they had. So like the next thing is uh, after they all leave, they go to the Southern Air temple. They meet Momo uh, again, super ugly, n- uh, made of nightmares. <laughs> uh, but then you get the reveal here that you know Katara realizes that Aang's like uh, been frozen for a hundred years, uh, and you have this moment between Aang and Monkey I felt like this was like. Decent, like it. It was trending up in this scene, in my opinion. Anyone else? Uh, I think about?
0: it was better than the rest of the movie, but it's such a low bar that I don't know if I want to call it decent just yet. I feel like they don't do the best job with because Mon- in the show, when you first get introduced to Monchiato, it's like him teaching Anna a lesson and then making the pies and like shooting them at the monks' heads. So it's like they're able to provide Monchiato with like some personality, whereas this Monchiato we're one, not
2: allowed to have that in this in this movie. No, exactly. Like, yeah, people of color are just not allowed to have personality
0: if we're keeping it 100 because yeah this is a a very (laughs) bland portrayal of this like I forget the gentleman playing Monkey Monquiao's name it's his black actor and he's just like he doesn't have any dialogue I don't think and it's just like it just comes across flat. And again, the yada yada, the whole backstory too. So you don't get like Monkiazzo like coming into Aang's room and Aang already being gone. So I don't know. I Like it would have been nice if they could have fleshed out Monkiazzo here, I think. But at the same time, you're right, Jacob. Like compared to the rest of this movie, <laughs> it is probably the best like part of it.
3: Honestly. Yeah. The actor is Damon Gupton, who is Damon currently Le- on uh, Black Lightning, which I don't watch. Oh, nice. But people mm-hmm. like Black Lightning. He's a series right? You are in that show.
0: Okay, Uh, well, good good for Damon Gupton here getting (laughs) the Avatar The Last Airbender rub. I'm sure he liked being in this
2: movie. (laughs) He was thrilled about it. Uh, The other part of the Southern uh, Air Temple, which is great, is literally this is the part where they get off uh, Appa and they start walking and Katara says, oh, hey, by the way, what's your name? And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) You were on Appa the whole time just flying? were you in dead silence? Like, what was happening here? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh uh, yeah that's fair
1: uh okay maybe maybe it was not as good as i thought <laughs> you have been very valid we're trying, points, we're but... trying
3: we're trying we're <laughs> trying jacob i like where your head's at as a as an optimist
1: myself we're trying yeah i, I tried but you know what uh the, the next thing we see is like aang sees monkey body and he goes into the spirit world and he's gonna punch a dragon and that is when i lost it again i had no idea why he's backing up rearing up ready to punch that dragon in the face. That that had me lost again. So and this I guess.
0: dragon was not a big part of the series. Like
3: he's no. just, this dragon is like the second main character in this movie.
0: I was just so <laughs> weird. It's like, is this dragon spirit just like? And the advice he gives is horrible too throughout the movie. I don't think this <laughs> dragon provides a single bit of advice where it's like actually useful. He's like most annoying. this dragons
3: like, hey, Ang. Definitely go full avatar state. Like, kill everyone. <laughs> go nuts. <laughs> like, just, there'll be no emotional
0: repercussions. Just do it. And why couldn't they just cast somebody as Roku instead of having the Reper- like, idea? Just make it Roku. Yeah. Why did they just avatar that? Roku? What are you doing, you idiots? Like, would it not? Having to CGI this whole dragon probably was like. I don't know. Expensive as hell. <laughs> they could just paid an actor to do. It's like, another you know. moment
3: why I've I've loved that opening because I'm like, oh shit, like maybe you're gonna get some like cool Roku stuff in here, and it's like, no, they didn't even try. He gave <laughs> yeah. us a stupid CG dragon. Why? Yeah.
2: Why it is did, a very good question for this entire film. Give us
3: Roku. Give always give us a character. You know, give give me a character. I want a character before a dragon every day of the week.
2: Unreal. <laughs> We are leading into my favorite part of this movie though. Uh, <laughs> the we, prison in- encampment stuff. The prison encampment stuff. <laughs> uh, I-, I thought that what you were excited
1: about was the Admiral Zhao and the backstory here where uh, he literally as as you invites- know backstory, yeah. as you know backstory where he invites Zuko to a banquet just to call him soft. Well, not a single extra cares. Like no <laughs> extra no extra moves. They don't do anything. We get the backstory. Um, for Zuko, how like you know he spoke up and he had to face his father, and like now he's an outcast, and that's that's it. We literally just get, uh, yeah, no one reacts.
2: I don't. Here's the thing about this, right? That speech is supposed to be one of those like speeches where it's 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 like it's a backhanded compliment or whatever. You 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 sound like you're supposed to be saying something nice, but you're actually being really mean. But the problem is the way it's written. Is that it just sounds a Like, there's nothing that you missed a compliment part, and like, you just only had the backhand. And that's crazy to me because M. Night Shyamalan, like, is of Indian descent. And if you are of Indian descent, you know what a backhanded compliment is. Like, he should be able to, to get that. He should be able to, like, generate enough written dialogue to convey the idea of, like, Sounding like you're trying to be nice, but definitely being mean, because God knows I have had a lot of that in my life with like, you know, my parents and the way that they say stuff. So it's mind boggling that they couldn't even write this scene properly, which is wild to me.
0: Yeah, and honestly, yeah. the acting is horrible in this movie, but I think the writing is what makes it, like, I think yeah. the writing may yeah, be pretty. the worst part of this movie, honestly. Like, the mispronunciations of the name, the, the exposition out the wazoo, it's just like, with the right unit, you know, there's no character that I even care about. Like, maybe I care a little bit about Dev Patel Zuko, but besides that, there's no character I'm rooting for, I want to see succeed at all. And it's like, man, in, the, in like <laughs> this is such a stark contrast from the actual Avatar television series, where I'm honestly invested in almost every single character, even some of the side characters we get introduced to. Like in this scene, and Lydia mentioned, Jacob's girlfriend mentions this in the feedback of how we get introduced to Haru, except Haru is just this like little Asian earthbender <laughs> kid. And it's like, that's it? And it's like, man, so Haru bad. in the show had this great backstory. He was just such a well-fleshed out side character. And a mustache kidding, later. Episode. He gets a yeah. little mustache yeah. later. And instead they just like yada, yada, just... Like, fart the scene out, like, I don't know, man, this whole thing's depressing, and then I guess, have we, do we want to talk about this amazing fight scene yet? Is there anything we want to talk
2: about before we get into what may be the most, like, famous scene of this movie I, guess. I will say for the lead up that's an, again another thing about the craziness of this movie is like why are they here why they show up to the earth kingdom like they left but they they, they gave again no drive for motivation yeah. or plot reasons to why they're moving forward and why they end up here so they're just in the earth kingdom for reasons and then they get pulled into this and they get arrested and before the fight happens because like we can talk about the fight because that leads into a whole other thing yes <laughs> <Good> <laughs> i of course knew of this stuff happening I knew that like this was gonna they, they condensed down the um this this part of the show. What I did not know is that it was one scene. I did not realize they show up to the prison where these people have been in prison for some time, surrounded by earth. At that part I knew. I did not know all it took was Aang giving one speech, just shows up and literally just like, Earth Kingdom people, listen, I'm the Avatar, and then they're just like yeah, let's do it. I'm like, what one speech in the show. They even they even play off that in the show. That one speech can't do it because Katara tries to give a speech and it doesn't yeah, work in the show.
3: Right, right, right. It's like
2: Earthbenders,
3: Earthbend, and they're like, right, yes! and it works Earthbenders somehow. Earthbenders! It's <laughs> wild! I cannot believe that I did not know it was just one speech he gave. Bender, oh, I am the it. avatar. Bend the earth. Oh, he's got a point. He's got, he's got a point. All Pretty interesting point he raises.
0: You Look, our speeches in the show were like very motivating stuff. I remember we were calling her like Katara, Luther King at the time. a <laughs> joke I made because I was like, "Damn, I'm like pumped up after hearing." Katara. Yeah. When I heard the Ong speech here, I was like, "Damn, this is pretty." <laughs> I'm surprised the villagers were just or these prisoners or prisoners were able to revolt after hearing this. I'm surprised that was what motivated them. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was disappointing. I, it didn't make a ton of sense why they gave the speech to Ong instead of Katara. Yeah, I Katara's was speech weird. was so good, and then. For them to just, like, immediately start fighting, like, it's not even, like, cut to a different scene, like, wait yep. until it's nighttime. Like, they're just like, oh, well, can you airbend? It's like, yep. It's like, okay, well, I guess we're fighting now. Good like, enough. <laughs> good enough. Like, and I we'll
0: think this it. movie feels so disjointed, and a lot of that is because there was actually a lot left on the cutting room floor. Like, M. Night Shyamalan wanted this to be even longer, but when they did their test run to viewers, of course, no viewer enjoyed it. So, okay, we have yeah, to cut a bunch of stuff. they probably like... Can you actually like maybe not even release this, <laughs> is yeah, this a like the kiyoshi warriors were supposed to pop oh up, man i'm and i'm so glad that they're not uh yes, me like, too. i'm
3: glad that they are like afforded some dignity here i was thinking about like some of the people who like i was i was bummed to not see in this movie and there is like this degree to which like they didn't do the kiyoshi good for you, yeah, know, like, I that, you know, I, I always, get to, my memory yeah. of them is preserved. Yeah, yeah where's, oh, the
2: cellar? where's the oh. cabbage seller? Where's uh, the cabbage seller?
1: Yeah, <sighs> that would be a joke. That's actually illegal to have in this. movie. Right, so yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that obviously was the first to go.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So after oh, this really. fighting starts, we we start to get like just the the most disappointing earthbending ever. It takes six grown earthbenders. Like, I don't know, about 10, 15 seconds to do like a bunch of moves to move a rock where like Zach and I together could like push it down. Like, I, I, I just feel like it's very disappointing. The, the earth bending here is so choreographed. It's so weak and it really just does not pay off. And why does the rock move so slowly? It's like that's my thing with it.
0: It's like they do this whole choreograph, like 10 second move, and then this rock just slowly moves <laughs> across the screen. And that's yeah. it. It's not even moving at full force into like a Fire Nation soldier's head. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, oh, like this really there's no momentum to this movie. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's not just, at all.
3: It just it feels yeah. Uh, It it feels someone someone in the in the patron discord uh, had had a take that was like, I've I've tried to watch the movie, but I fell asleep like a half hour in or no, we got an email. Right. There was an email that came through because I get I get these emails as well. That's Uh, what Lydia said. Yeah. Yeah. Like 30 minutes in 30 minutes in and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is a tranquilizer dart.
1: Uh, it definitely is.
0: I you're tried. Insom- so if you're an insomniac, watch The Last Airbender. And, and uh, <laughs> I'm never one of those people who like even enjoys these like ironically bad movies. Like I'm not really a fan of The Room and Tommy Wiseau and all of that. But I can see like the charm that some of those movies have. Sure. Where, yeah. As I think it was Kevin who was saying earlier, like there's just nothing here. Like you, you can't even like this in like an ironic way. <laughs> like, it's just horrible. All things like even if you had no knowledge of Avatar prior, and you just put this movie on for somebody. They just like turn it off halfway through. It's just like a terrible movie through and through.
2: Yeah. So I okay. okay. <laughs> this is always <laughs> so I've been trying so to like to describe Kevin right now. Uh, I'm trying to gather myself here for this. He's got this he one. had his fist
3: over his mouth. I the body language Kevin <laughs> is like melting. Uh this is always a, for those who don't know what it's like to be in a room with Kevin. This is the, this, <laughs> this, is, this the, is it. This is the beginning. Yeah.
2: Look. Okay. Look. Look. The, ugh, the, the <laughs> this scene. Okay. It's bad for so many reasons. But one of the cool things about the show is that the bending itself. And I mentioned this to Josh when when I was trying to convince him to watch it. That's what's cool is that the different types of bendings are based on different types of martial arts. So like air bending is a specific style, uh, fire bending is a specific style. They're all unique into the style that helps like and connect to the actual bending that they're doing. This movie completely misses the point of that and nowhere is it more evident than this scene specifically you have these six people doing this weird dance to move the pebble but that's the thing that what they're doing doesn't even translate into movements that affect the pebble in that way like in the show when you have like you know jumping forward in the show a little bit when you have Toph make a movement who is a variation because she's blind her martial art style is actually a variation in the actual martial art style that's how committed the show was where she would like <laughs> You know, hit her foot down, do a twist, and you see the earth shift because of that specific movement. None of that exists here. None of that exists here for the earthbenders. It doesn't exist for the firebenders. It doesn't exist for Aang. You have him doing air, mo- like, waving his arms around, but in the show, you see the wind generating around his arm, so when he actually throws it, it looks like something. In this, it's like they're doing magic. You might as well give him a wand and have them be like, okay, you know, like, let me do this movement, and then magic happens. Like, nothing translates in, in any side of the- correlation to that at all and it's wild and it's just such an awesome part of the show and in this it's like lightsaber battles in the prequels they're just jumping and flipping and kicking for no reason that doesn't help
3: you and some menace out of this
2: Uh, (laughs) it's like jewel of the fates alone it's exactly that, and we'll get to that when we get to that in the other podcast, but it's exactly that. They're just doing stuff to look flashy, but it doesn't even look flashy, which is even worse. At least in, in the prequels, you're just like, oh, it looks pretty cool. In this, it's just like, none of this looks very good. It's it's insane. It's insane. It just did nothing about the people who made this movie clearly cared about or paid attention to or understood anything that they were doing in the show.
1: Yeah, uh, you, that's my rant great- on this. <laughs> You make a great point in the show. It's like cause effect. Like yeah. someone moves, something happens here. Like, uh, later this happens when they're doing the like water bending and they're practicing over there. Like, uh, Ang's like, Oh, uh, like, you know, I wasn't able to get it in Qatar was, I can't see any of that. Like they have to tell me that because I can't see that he's not able to control the water. And she is like, it just looks like they're dancing. Like there's no cause and effect. And it's really hard to follow. I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess, okay. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad we had Kevin's
1: bending. rant on that. I feel like
0: he, he concisely summed up everything wrong with that scene, to be <laughs> honest. So that's good. And then I guess the next scene here, wait, I could talk, I want to talk about this a little bit. So it's like, Iro, it's Iroh and Zuko in this, like, pub, I want to say. I don't know. Them just, like, tending to their wounds. And then Zuko, for some reason, can hey <laughs> not across this random kid. <laughs> hey, hey, little kid, boy! And this, like, Dev Patel's acting in this scene is good. Like, don't get me wrong, but this is such an oddly written scene. <laughs> and
3: the kid comes... Hey, kid, could you do me a favor and come over here and recite to both me and my uncle the exact story that the two of us already know? The audience just doesn't know this, so if you don't mind right? filling and
0: them in... He's like, oh, yeah, so... <laughs> they don't know, know So if, if you this-
3: could come in here and be an outsider and just, like, tell everyone... That would be cool. And especially because you're a kid and uh, that will like sort of like indicate the depths to which like everybody knows this story. Yeah. That's so we get
0: really more good. exposition and then the kid refers to the Agni Kai is the Agni Key. Agni Key. I lost my it's spelled, shit. It's spelled K-A-I. And it's still, even in my subtitles. it's spelled K-A-I. There's no world where it's pronounced key. Like that makes absolutely no sense. Like, and just the fact that they, I don't know why they took these liberties with the pronunciation. Like there's no reason to make uh, avatar. Fine. Whatever. They don't want to compete with blue people. But what is that? There were, I think that
3: there were some people who watched it and then some, and it was like probably like a, like if not a full 50 50, then like a tilt in the, in the favor of the people who didn't watch the movie working on the movie. So like, the, like maybe like depending on if it was like first or second unit, you had the people who like no one like caught that they were totally, totally messing it up like
1: that's how but, haphazard it is it's like they're just they just must not have watched it yeah that that's that should not have been an excuse because this scene is cringy like even beyond just like yeah. agony key but for zuko to come up ask the kid like what do you know about me just to like, like right? in, you know and then feed him lines again and again like hey okay and then this happened like it just none of it you're oh, leaving at the best part yeah yeah, yeah, like you're leaving uh, the part where I really get Let's go back to that one.
2: Tell me about myself, please. Like, what a nonsense statement to have. Like, this I mean, he even- like starts
0: disagreeing with them He's like, no, actually, <laughs> I don't know.
2: This was just a. Really they should have be been like, why'd you even call me over here? If you were just going to talk over the story for me, like,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I think actually in the last scene, I wanted to mention one thing. So I think that we have, uh, Fire Lord Ozai and Zhao talking in the scene before this. One uh-huh. huge mistake I think that the movie made was that they had Fire Lord Ozai be in the actual like movie. Like he's actually doing stuff. He's not this like disembodied threat. You can yeah. see him and he does not look intimidating. Like so, I am, I so would. A, a good actor cliff curtis is a great actor uh
3: speaking of which i believe he's going to be an avatar too <laughs> what like no. the live action yeah oh no.
2: oh no blue the blue yeah, one, the blue, yeah blue, blue. I think he's gonna be the blue avatars uh, maybe he thought he signed up for that one and he's like oh no oh, oh, shit. Actually- <laughs> yeah. or like when they
3: approached him for avatar two, he's like i don't know i don't know guys i did this one. It's like no 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 not
0: avatar avatars so, oh okay
1: uh, yeah, so and I,
3: the-
0: I've, seen, I've seen Cliff Curtis and stuff. He is a great actor. He's but- a
3: ton of stuff. He's amazing.
0: Yeah, he's but- a very good actor. This Dude, is Jacob's just not God. it. They didn't even need to cast anybody. Yes. They could have just casted a voice here, just had a silhouette. Like the real Avatar doesn't, the, the television series doesn't show uh, Ozai until season three, I want to say, is when they first yeah. show his face. Everything else is just silhouettes in the back of his head. And the show could have. He's a nightmare could done that
3: right and that's mm-hmm. supposed to like lend to the power of zuko's story yes uh that like you don't have a face to cuz cuz the concept of the father is so mythological anyway you know and like the concept of like um the the father as something to fear is so mythical uh and having him at a remove Makes you, uh, feel the fear that Zuko feels so much and why his honor is such a priority and why reclaiming that at all costs and being like kind of like a nasty little bastard in that pursuit is so his thing because that's a, that's a, that's a, it's more his father is less a person and more an element itself. He's fire. He's fire in the shadows. Uh, and to like bring him in here when he doesn't even have any real role to play in the movie. Like they're going to put all of, like the big bad guy energy onto Zhao uh, is such a mistake. It's such a huge, huge unforced error. Yeah.
2: The other, the other thing with like, and I absolutely agree. It was so wild when that, when he showed up and they were talking. I was like, oh, who who's this? And then yeah, when I they revealed, revealed I was confused. I thought it was just some yeah. random dude. And when they <laughs> revealed us, I was like, what? Why? Like, which also. Uh, it's you could have had a weird. There's so many things this movie could have done and did not choose to do. Um, you could have had an interesting contrast if you positioned the backstory as to what happened to Zuko, and if they if they wanted to just be different, then like make Ozai a contrast. Show like if you're going to show Ozai and have him walking, show him in a bizarrely different light. Make him maybe seem more calm, more peaceful, more at ease. So that when you find out what happened to zuko you're like jesus that guy did that and so it Mm, becomes like a weird it becomes something that at least speaks to character instead it's like once again meaningless and nothing and it's also like that scene god jesus the exposition in this movie like we talked about he calls a kid over to be like hey tell me about myself and it's so weird because like in the show once again why did you change this in the show this backstory comes out in an episode again, I reference because I do think it's a great turning point in, in in the first season of the storm, where you find out Zuko's backstory, and it's Iroh telling um uh, uh crewmates like Fire Nation people the, the, the full story because they don't know, and you know it's it's this idea of them learning more about Zuko through that. Do that here. Why do you have like? Oh, everyone knows the yeah. story, so let's just all talk about it. 100 didn't. 100. Also, because like
3: to have the the way that they do it in the show and doing it that way and keeping that story away from Zuko. Also, like I think to have Zuko be a, a participant in the telling of the tale cheapens Zuko as well. You know, it's like it's like that that horrible trauma that like no one wants. Like it's the elephant in the room. No one wants to talk about it around the person. Uh, they, you know, but it's like such a huge piece of that person's personal mythology and they know like touchy subject, let's not talk about it. And then someone's like, Hey, why is that person that way? It's like, all right, well, let me fill you in. This is sort of what's going on. And like to have that contrast with like st- uh, Zuko and Stoicism helps to, like really underline a lot of the stuff that goes down with Zuko as soon as like the, the blue spirit shit uh, and then like that just like adds another layer of complexity and one of the things that's so great about Zuko as a character and makes him one of the very best characters not just in this show but in this like space is that he's so internal until he's not and then when he externalizes that it's awkward and it's charming and it's a lot to process but like it's and that's for us but also for him And having him be like, come on, kid, tell the story. Let's go. It's just, it's (laughs) not it. That ain't it.
0: Uh, yeah this <laughs> totally like uh, <laughs> too much for it. no yeah and everything Duncan I, I i don't need to say everything you guys have just said i agree with and on a lighter note at the top of this scene for some reason Eero is like oh there's a lot of pretty girls in this town zuko you find a girl and settle down <laughs> yeah. here and i thought this was the weirdest part to bring there's this a weirdest place to bring this up like of course he's gonna like why would zuko agree like yeah maybe i should settle in
1: this town no of course he's gonna have a horrible reaction to it but i, I feel like that's, that was trying to be a joke like that was they were trying the to the one like, joke oh, of like, the movie uh, yeah like oh uncle ira like he's like the silly one he's like always you know uh like he's the one who like when june falls on him he's like oh no i'm also passed out just so that he can like be next to june like that's the sort of joke they're going for it was just a swing and a miss uh, I wonder, yeah, and it, I didn't even love that stuff in the
0: live action series, but if you uh, not the live action the, to the original animated series, but even <laughs> here, it just felt even
2: more out of place, I thought. But I'm wondering I mean, if the actors tried to like deliver these lines with emotions at any point and then M am was just like, no, 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 this is a serious scene. So you got to you got to just like it <laughs> down. Like, it's just, it just, again, that, that is a line that could have been a joke, but it was delivered with like nothing behind it. So it's even hard to tell. I didn't even think about that until you just said it. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe it was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe.
0: And again, they really yada yada a lot of this story. So basically, it's like at this point, correct me if I'm wrong, Ang shows up in the Northern Air Temple here. Is this where we're yeah. at in the story?
2: Well, I think the, the blue spirit happens before that, right? Oh, or is the blue spirit, uh, spirit during that? correct.
1: Yeah, it happens right after. So he goes uh, uh-huh. and he tells Katara like, oh, you know, we're so close to the Northern Air Temple. I'd like to go. And they're like, uh, no, we can't go. So then under the guise of dusk, maybe it looks pretty light out. He just decides to go and no one stops him. Uh so then he goes to the northern air temple. I will say at this point his water bending is like hotel lob- uh, lobby level of water bending. Like he is co- he is definitely improving a bit. Yeah. This is like one time where I was like okay, I see it. Uh I see his his growth. So. He's going to be able to do it. Hotel yeah. lobby. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that fountain, yeah, <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah, so then he heads to the northern Air temple, and there's like construction going on, like I'm actually not entirely I think sure that was actually set design, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, in the, they, shot, like, the, the they, they left some scaffolding in the shot. Honestly, that makes more sense (laughs) to me. Uh, But then he meets this random monk. He says he's some earth rando uh, and that he just like hangs out at the Northern air temple. And he's like, Hey, I want to take you to this room. Uh that has all the other avatars. Admittedly, this room was pretty cool. I
0: I I will say, like, this room with all the avatars, like it was a well-designed set. But then you get this monk who pronounces Avatar Avatar. So that that took me out of it as well. <laughs> he pronounces Avatar
1: correctly. And I was like, hey, wait a sec. I
0: don't spend Avatar here.
1: <laughs> well, I watch your show. So he, he, yeah. yeah. Um Yeah, he's a true fan of the show, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then like he leads him into this room. And then, uh, like, as Aang is like, uh, you know, marveling at all of these avatars that they see, uh, he pulls a knife on him, and we see like fifty uh, random spearmen come waddling in. Uh, yeah, this this scene was just whack.
2: Uh, it, it did not. <laughs> it did
1: not uh, come off well at all.
2: Did they have people? Did Fire Nation dispatch people to every Air Temple like in in, in, in the world? Because like. There's a ton of them, and there's no way they could have predicted necessarily that Aang would have been there. I mean, I guess if did they know that they're going? Even Apparently, the Water in temple? this horrible
0: movie, the monk like alerted them because he's like, "Oh, my life's been horrible since whatever." Angla. but again, they do such a horrible job setting that up. It does just feel like the Fire Nation soldiers come randomly out of nowhere. Yeah, and I guess this monk is supposed to represent like the old man in imprisoned who like snitches on Haru. This is like essentially like very similar to that, but at the same time, it's like. Why would this old man randomly pull a knife on him too? It's like what would this little Ricky Dick knife (laughs) do against the Avatar? And he already has—he's already called over these Fire Nation soldiers. So I didn't understand why he's got to pull a knife underneath his out of his robe too i don't know. Like for Jacob to call this scene whack, I feel like (laughs) Jacob usually is not like as down on stuff as me. So I feel like if he's really down on it, it's a horrible scene.
1: Well, there's actually a throwaway line which explains why the people are there. Uh, yeah. Zhao tells Ozai at one point, um, it's uh I forget exactly what he says, but he's like, Oh yeah, like we have Earth Kingdom spies all over. Like we'll make sure that we have people everywhere. So that's a line that like motivates this coming out. But the the worst part about the scene is that the Northern Air Temple comes with one of the better characters. Like we get Teo, we get the Mechanist, we get really interesting people, and instead we get an Earth Rando who like doesn't even self-identify who's just like pulls a knife and is like actually i'm bad like that it totally fails it totally did not come off well at all and i was very disappointed because the whole movie they're talking like oh you know like uh until the machines came we had a chance like there's multiple times where they talk about machines so when they go to the northern air temple you see the mechanist that's what happens but no instead we get this random person and we go right into the blue spirit instead i was very disappointed
2: yeah I forgot that uh i I call him Daedalus, but uh i i I forgot that that like yeah that part happens here and there's such great characters and again like awesome side characters that that are so great and that like reverberate throughout the rest of the series just vanish from existence and they kept other nonsense like Stuff they kept, I'm like, why'd you keep that and get rid of the others? Like, why? Why are you making these decisions?
0: I agree with you, but also to Josh's point earlier, it's like I'm glad they didn't ruin the yeah, mechanism. I'm true. glad they didn't I ruin feel. the Kiyoshi Wars. I don't I'm trust, trust them these. Fans. Yeah, no, I don't trust them. Like, they would have if they tried to incorporate any of the amazing uh, After the Last Airbender side characters, they would have failed miserably. We'd be on this podcast shitting on their portrayal of the Mechanist, So, <laughs> I'm kind of glad they didn't even try to touch it. If I'm
1: being honest. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm resigned at this point. You got me. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Uh, well, yeah. So then uh, the next thing we see is Aang is, or sorry, Ong is chained up and Zhao's asking him why he's only airbending. He already knows because he already had this conversation that he only knows how to airbend. But again, why not tell someone something they already know? You know, get that out of the way. And then we see the blue spirit and the blue spirit, you know, starts out, uh, just taking people down in the shadows. And I, this is, it, it looked pretty good. Again, I'm going to come in saying that the blue spirit looked pretty promising. I was excited to get this little, uh, this, yeah, this little vignette essentially of the blue spirit. What are other people's thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I thought it was all right. I think this scene is one of the least offensive of the whole movie. I think they don't really do the anything. Best world. scene of the movie. Yeah, you could say that, and I think, but uh, to me at least, it suffers from a little bit of what the Blue Spirit episode actually suffered from as well, where it's like it's just Aang and Zuko just decimating these like grunts, like very one sided fight. I thought when we podcast about that episode, that was my criticism, and I still feel that way here. And then also the the original episode, they really set up the Yuyan archers as like these like badass archers and then here it's like just randomly Zhao's like oh just when he leaves like shoot him in the head like I don't know they really yeah. like shoehorn it in rather than setting that up so that was my criticism but you're right this is arguably one of the best scenes of the movie and I, they do they actually show like the blue spirit coming in on the little rickshaw underneath so can't criticize it too much quite frankly.
3: It's second only to literally that first part of the film where
0: they're like <laughs> oh
3: they're doing that. Uh, and then maybe there's one more thing coming up, but I love it uh, ironically. I don't love it on ironically.
0: Yeah, and I think the second act of this movie is really bad, too, because like, when I was watching the first half, I was like, oh, this first half is bad. Hopefully they can end it well. The second half was worse, I would say. And not even, I'm not even trying to compliment the first half, but the second half was really bad.
2: I do think you're right, and the, and the second half is even worse than the first. I think the Blue Spirit thing, I do agree. I think the when they're actually in, you know, with the fight with the Blue Spirit and like... The Blue Spirit and Ung uh, are, uh, are are fighting together. Like, that part's actually cool. I wrote down, like, I guess the Blue Spirit fight was cool. And it was. And, like, the back-to-back thing I thought was great. You know, it's a trope, but I, I, I love it. Uh, I'm a sucker for that trope. But i I do think you're right, Zach, but I actually like that right like you because ha- to me it's you have this scene where Zuko and Eng work together in in the series and even here, and they're able to decimate so many people, and to me, like that signifies like if only these two people would work together, look how much they could probably accomplish and so I think there's like a subtlety there for that, and you don't really get it here because they've done nothing yes. to yes. establish <laughs> either of these people. Um, but the fight visually I thought was cool and it's one of those moments where I was like, oh man, why weren't there more of this in this movie? Um, but then, as with everything, in a moment of like, oh, this is really cool, and then they just rip the rug out and like ruin it, is they miss the vital part of that episode to me, which was such a powerful moment. Yes, I have this when, in my when, notes as well. When Aang and like Zuko's knocked out for a moment and they're in the forest ang has that conversation and he talks about his friend like that is such an important scene and they cut it there's just silence and then ang hops away and it's just like What? And this was this was one
0: of the craziest things to remove for me because to your point, Kevin, this in the show was not even that long. It was like thirty seconds of dialogue, but it really tied the whole episode together. And instead, we just see Ang hopping away, and that's it. And this could have been a pivotal point in the movie, but instead they just leave it on the cutting room floor and add in so much other garbage. And again, this was thirty seconds of dialogue here. And also, I think why the Blue Spirit fight was good is because a lot of this movie is just a vehicle for like M. Night Shyamalan, he had a huge budget for this, like $160 million, and he just wanted CGI everywhere, I think, especially <laughs> with some of these like water bending and stuff, and this CGI, it looks dated now. At the time, who knows it might have been good, but I think why this Blue Spirit fight was good is because it lacked that CGI. It's mostly hand-to-hand combat, whereas a lot of these other scenes, they just overdo it with this like CGI pebble floating across the screen, and I think that's why this Blue Spirit fight is the best fight of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one element. Yeah, okay. They got yeah, one, the one thing. Yeah. This is the last. <laughs> and then we get this. So again, we move on to Ozai and Zhao talking, and this dialogue was so odd. I don't know if you guys caught this. So Ozai is like, "You think my son is?" No, he's like, "You think my son is the Blue Spirit?" And Zhao is just like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> i was watching this with my, my, my roommate my roommate has never seen the original avatar series at all and he just burst out laughing yeah and i delivery. see this yes. is what
3: you podcast about every week
0: yeah he's yeah. <laughs> just he's like well yeah they're like oh what are you podcast about every week naruto and i'm like oh, i just don't even bring it up <laughs> <laughs> But then, yeah. Yeah, but then just the dialogue here I was like what is going on and I can't really blame the actors for this again it's just like a horrible direction and absolutely terrible writing I don't know what else yeah. to say because this scene was just so odd I thought
1: not good and, not good. and Zhao here has a harder read than uh, Kevin liking Azula like there's almost no evidence that I think Zhao has that Zuko's the blue spirit I mean to give it another scene would be like probably too much time but like I just was so confused how he jumped that shark yeah, that's
0: true, especially because in the actual series, Zhao doesn't know Zuko is the blue spirit until he comes to his quarters, and Zuko just has his, like, broadswords on display. Yep. Yeah. But here, Zhao is, like, supposedly somehow a genius and is able to deduce this. We just got Zhao fucking Holmes over here. Yeah. Up in the <laughs> In my language like i feel bad because i really try not to cuss on this podcast but this movie just <laughs> it's tough. Movie. it's tough yeah, you it's gave tough. the warning yeah. earlier You gave yeah yeah I, I think i'll leave a disclaimer eventually so honestly feel free to just cuss away if you guys really. when a movie is this bad i feel like there are no words that can describe my vitriol besides some just <laughs> some choice yeah, yeah some yeah. choice of words so yeah, my apologies yeah. but um yeah, and then now I think we got we we have Zhao. Oh no, this is where Zuko gets bombed. Correct. So this is when Zhao yeah. does his plan to assassinate Zuko, and like. This is so weird because Zhao is telling Ozai like, Oh, I won't, nothing will happen to your son, blah, blah, blah. And then a scene later, he tries to assassinate him. (laughs) And it's like, if it get back, if it gets back to the fire lord that you tried to assassinate his son, like your ass is grass. So I don't know why he's even telling the fire lord. Oh yeah. Oh, nothing will happen to you. He'll be fine. You know what I mean? That's why Ozai's
2: not in the show. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They just introduced so many weird plot holes that weren't initially in the show. And this is one of them, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, then they get to the northern Water tribe. Uh, oh my god! With, with about fifty minutes left, and you know, I kind of think like with this amount of time, you know, there's only three episodes that we actually have there for the animated series, so it's like sixty minutes of air time with fifty minutes left. They should be able to do this story. They justice. should be able to pull this off.
3: They should they absolutely don't. be able to pull they this don't. off. <laughs> this shouldn't be that bad, and guys. It's not that hard. Yeah. It, how did it,
0: this? Like, it, it, oh. Yeah, and Kevin mentioned this earlier, and it starts here. For some reason, these this movie has the most out of place voiceover scenes. Like I don't know. It's a, it's so right weird. now we get Katara just starting to narrate, and she hasn't been narrating prior. This is just the most random, shoehorned narration for absolutely no reason. And it starts here around the fifty minute mark. Katara's like, "Then we got to the north." I was like, "Why do they even
2: have this voiceover?" <laughs> because Jackson Rathborn also probably couldn't convey any sort of real emotion for Yue because, like, yes. that doesn't work here. Like, they do nothing to like really like have them be charming. Oh my gosh! But but she actually doesn't. Speak. They became close. She doesn't speak, dude. For like three scenes, she has no. She's there and she says nothing for like <laughs> Fine, three though, scenes. The, the narration tells us, Kevin, that they're close. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, my bad. The narration did take care of it. I felt the real bond between them after Katara told me it happened. So I'll take it at face value and assume that's exactly what went down.
0: And and I, I have that narration in my notes because it's like, oh, so Soka and Yue got close. But it's like, couldn't Katara have just said in the narration, oh, Soka and Yue started falling in love. It was love at first sight or whatever. Instead, it's just like they got close and that's it. And then <laughs> like close. two scenes later, they're like madly in love. It's such it's so disjointed, and just this final act, like you guys, Jacob and Josh are absolutely correct. They had six, they had fifty minutes. You can talk about three episodes worth of stuff. 50 like they were rushing everything else because they just crammed 17 episodes into like an hour and 20 minutes. But I did wonder, minutes like, like, you can do three episodes. You can I did, you can I get, did get wonder, like,
3: yeah are y'all gonna do the fish? Are we gonna do the fish? Are we gonna have the fish in the movie? Are we gonna do this? They did they did do the fish.
2: I have so much yeah. to say about that too, but we'll get there. We'll, yeah, we'll, minutes, we'll, so. we'll get there. We'll get <laughs> That's there. That's my so, favorite part of the movie. So we have
0: this like I don't <laughs> know the actress for UA if she's white, but Paku, the whitewashed Paku just took me out of it as well. And just like this whole I could, the whole movie, I can't buy these like white people in, like, Eskimo and, like, Inuit robes, like, it just really takes me out of it, honestly. Even, like, Zuko and Ozai and all that, I'm like, fine, whatever, I can kind of rationalize it, but this, like, these white people in this, like, tribe, this for where I just could not. And Paku, especially, just being this, like, old Portly chap, white man. I don't know. I just, this whole, like, I was like, there's no way the second half could be worse than the first half. And they proved me wrong. They got everything wrong. And this, and this them doing the finale, my goodness, like, I don't know how they could, it could have been worse than what it was.
2: Well, it's wild too because they show up and they show Paku, and there's not even a lot of training. Like the whole thing is that Paku trains, and there's a <laughs> ah, there's a whole thing where it's like Katara is not supposed to be able to train right, and right, all that other right, stuff and right, overcoming right. that obstacle. And uh, again, you think they'd have enough time, but there's not even the training, and that's another weird part of this movie, especially with the water bending and the training, because again. They don't understand how it works mostly. So like, we never actually even see a lot of water bending happen. Katara is supposed to be on a journey, especially it to be from the beginning of, of the season to the end of the season. She's going on a journey of becoming like a water bending master. And here we barely see her do anything. So the idea of her being so like, a, a powerful by the end also doesn't like gel and you, you never actually see them doing enough water bending to convey their growth and her growth, which sucks because it's such an awesome growth moment for her, especially in the first season when she freaking confronts Zuko and it's just like water bending again like that's an awesome moment and instead here they're actually meeting like for the first time which is insane uh like ugh, ugh. yeah yeah and the whole movie does Katara
0: such a disservice I feel like in the show especially season one me and Jake have been re-watching I'm like man Katara is such a great growth arc and then it is she's the most like bland generic character ever and I don't know I haven't seen too many M. Night Shyamalan films is he historically good at writing female characters Because he does- an absolutely horrible job with Katara here. Like you compare Katara in the movie to the show, and my god, she's lost all her charm. All of what made her great in Avatar is lost in this portrayal. And it's just its very disappointing, if I'm, I'm being frank.
2: I'm running through my head, his movies, and there's not a ton of female characters, usually, oh. which is not great, and that also just suffers from the, the Hollywood village. Yeah, right The right Village? Yeah, The Village, but that was just a, not a great movie, so there's that. Um... The lady in the water. How does he do with the lady? Not great because lady in the water is very much one of those, like it's not manic pixie dream girl, but it's really Paul Giamatti's story to, to, and like, I think Bryce Dallas Howard is mostly mute for for a lot of that movie too. So not ideal.
0: I mean, regardless though, it's just like, well, I've talked about at the time, when when Avatar Last Airbender was on TV, I felt like it introduced so many strong female characters for like girls watching to look up to that a lot of shows at that time did not have like strong fleshed out female characters. And this movie somehow is like. It just it comes out way after the show, and they still just do an absolutely horrible job. Where the the only female character, pretty much, who's present in the movie is like just a, not a good character, and it's just quite frustrating to watch.
1: Yeah, it seems like everything that could have been given to Katara instead goes to Aang. Like there's a time where Paku and Aang start sparring and like, uh, Pakusen's bubbles his way and Aang, like, dispels the bubbles or something to that effect. And then effect. he uses, like, the ice thing that he, the icicle spear cage that Yeah. he you know, Katara in the show, he
0: ends up using on Aang in the, or Ong in this movie, so.
1: Yeah, and it, like, that's a moment where, like, Katara probably should be the one fighting there, like, Katara should be the one that's, like, stepping up, but instead, like, it all just goes to Ong, like it, everything is to try to make that character at least somewhat interesting, because like, there's just not enough time to do this. Uh, yeah, I, w- I will say, like, they are they do try to have some sort of, uh, I guess, teaching moment here. Like, Paku's, like, water is the flowing element, the element of change, and, like, tries to, like, teach this. But it just was not enough time. And, and I actually want to talk about this sparring session. This
0: bar- <laughs> So, Paku's like, oh, Ang would you like to spar? And instead of and pa- Katara and Paku's fight in the series was, in my opinion, the best fight of season one. No quite. It was such an amazing back and forth fight. Instead, we have this horrible (laughs) sparring session between Paku and Egg where it's a, they're sparring, but they're not like actually sparring. It's more so just like them tossing water to each other. At one point, he does like a little like Cristiano Ronaldo pass. Paku does with his like (laughs) leg by the other leg, like kicks the ball of water. And I was like, this scene sucks. It was just like an excuse for like M9 Shyamalan to just shove in more like, awful cgi <laughs> like this sparring session added absolutely nothing to this part and i feel like that's the big issue here it's like they have 50 minutes to talk about these three episodes and instead they just shoehorn a bunch of stuff that doesn't even matter and yada yada the stuff that they should not have yada yada like Yue and Sokka's love story really it's like when they're all of a sudden like making out like 20 minutes from now i'm like why did these two even fall in love I was like, what well, they grew close. So. I was like, did I fall asleep and just miss like three seats? Like, what the hell is going on here? But, yeah, yeah. it just feels so, as I said earlier, just disjointed, I thought, this whole time.
2: Yeah, it's it, it, I, you know, th- this is sort of jumping ahead, but like, disjointed is, is definitely, like, correct for this. I think it's also, like, really, really weirdly paced, and I think you notice it, especially for me, during the final um fight sequences, which we'll get to in a second, but, like, disjointed and mispaced is very correct, and I think that's also part of the editing process here, because, like, the editing is also atrocious. The, the hard cuts are insane. Like, yes. there's so many of them that it's just, like, scene ends, next, scene ends, next, and, like, they're also short. They're, like, weird little vignette styles, and I know, yeah. like, a movie is just a bunch of scenes stitched together, but, like, usually they're stitched together cohesively, and you, you don't have that here. Well, it's because it feels like um there is,
3: like, this uh, like melon ball scooping quality about this movie right that like here's the whole show and the whole show is a watermelon and like M. Night Shyamalan is just like scooping out like pieces of the watermelon wholesale and dropping them in and then trying to squeeze all of these like watermelon balls together it's like this is a watermelon <laughs> it's not it ain't a watermelon, uh, but like that's why there's like this disjointed quality to it because there is this feeling of like, well, this happened in the show, gotta put it in. The blue Spirit thing happens, gotta put it in, and like it doesn't all work together. It feels like it's it's the it's the accordion when it's pushed in. You know,
0: I want I, I wish we could I could interview M Night Shyamalan and like hook him up to a lie detector and be like, <laughs> did you watch season one? Yes or no? Did you watch season one of Avatar? Very Las affable Xander? guy. Before, person, you, before you, you made him
3: the twice. Uh, oh, you have interviewed him. Okay. Twice. And he was a very, very kind guy. And you really uh, like he talks about story in a really fun way. And you want him to be better. You really do.
0: No, <laughs> I agree. I, and like, I'm not trying to shit on him. As and a like, person. he obviously no, I'm has. i genuinely this, curious if you he he
3: want. He has classic movies. You know, he's got. Uh, the, uh, I know Kevin is a fan of of his Apple show. I, I like it a lot as well. Servant is uh, the show that he does for Apple. It's actually much better than it has any right to be, uh, considering like his track record. It sucks that that's like the trajectory of his career, but it's just inevitably the trajectory of his career when you look at his filmography. Uh, and I, I didn't think that would be possible for it, there to be like one that was like actually worse than the happening. <laughs> <laughs> there is wow. look at
2: this. But the happening years. is that ironic thing, you know. Like for me, I, I feel like this movie is the big like turning point for him and like yes I, I i liked only half of the village i thought the other half of the village was terrible i i i, I enjoyed the happening as an ironic watch right like he tries to say now it, it, it's a b movie and it was meant to be this and it's just like well it was it. um i feel like it's very tommy watch out in that and but the, the happening at least i thought was an enjoyable film to watch because of that this movie and i think because it, it on a more global scale helped downturn him like this is the one that people knew to be like oh this is atrociously bad and it's terrible and enough people watched it and the word spread i think this is the movie that can lead that that definitely led to his downfall in that way um so and it sucks, but at the same time, maybe this had to happen like this and After Earth and all the other crap because then, like, oh. we did get some good stuff relatively recently. I'm just it's,
0: surprised he kept getting these shows. Like, Hollywood kept throwing money at it, to be honest. Well, in, some, this is the part changes. Changes. He's, in some cases, he's taken really big
3: risks. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was for Split or if it was for Glass. Uh, it was Split for Split, was thing. the one he financed himself. Split was the one he financed himself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, like, put up his house for it. Like, mm-hmm. he really, he, like, uh, he went for it. Like, he like, put his money where his mouth was and it paid off. And then he made glass. <laughs> so, like,
0: from, what little, from what little M. Night Shyamalan I've seen, I feel like sometimes his movies have, like, they almost take themselves too seriously. And to, I think that's why, like, his directing style almost doesn't work for something like Avatar Last Airbender, where Avatar does get serious, does have these really deep, introspective moments, but it also has this, like, these goofy jokes. It's like, these, Ang is like this just. Childlike, exuberant character who's doing all this stuff, and it just has very—it's—it's a very bad match.
3: Yes, it's it's a very bad match of Mm -hmm. uh, filmmaker to material. Yes, because the material is so specific, and this filmmaker is so specific Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that really what you want is a filmmaker who can, um, who can channel the energy and the quality and the style and the tone of the material and uh, like quadruple underline adapt that as a film. Um, And that's not to say that a visionary can't be involved here. Uh, I would, I would say though that this is typically the role where you don't get a visionary to make this movie and uh, like them or not. And like Shyamalan's a visionary, Uh, not all visions are good. (laughs) But he's a visionary. He is he is somebody who sees things in a very specific way, and often that hits really hard and great. And then often, like you know, he's he's swinging for a home run every time, Uh, and and so like those whiffs are gonna like you're gonna throw the bat and you're gonna break the umpire's face, you know. And so like it's just that is not the person you want to 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 put up in this moment. You don't want an M Night Shyamalan. Directing something so specific like Avatar. It's just absolutely the wrong choice.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that the like third act, the last 40 minutes after they see the soot from the Fire Nation start to fall, just encapsulates why this does not work because the pacing is just so wrong. Like you start off with, um, Uncle Iroh like giving Zuko advice. And from then into the rest of the movie, you're just going between one thing to the next thing. And it really just doesn't pay off. It doesn't have the same like uh, levity or the same uh, momentum and like quick pacing that the fights do in Avatar. And you just get a ton of really slow choreography for the fights, followed by really quick cuts to whatever's next. I mean, uh, and I feel like that's the rest of this movie is essentially. Yeah, bad. do you guys
0: want to chronologically tackle this? I mean, yes. honestly, we can yada yada a lot of this stuff as well too. So, uh, yeah. so when Zhao is talking his no, when Zuko was talking to Iroh, Iroh tells Zuko, he's like, Zhao has no sacredness. And I was like, when I saw that line, I was like, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how do you even know? That? You guys have been on screen together for like two seconds. I was like, how do you know that much about Zhao? You know what I mean? Because at, at least in the, the show provides, like, you get, especially with the deserter, it really explains, like, Zhao's motivations and why he is the way he is. And, like, Zhao and Zuko's Agni Kai, really, him losing to Zuko, really, like, they Zhao was a flesh out antagonist in season one in this movie Zhao's motivations are are just so random in comparison it's just like why is he doing anything the way he does yeah
2: it's it's true and it's also like I, i i think you know i don't remember at what point it happens but he has that conversation with ozai and ozai basically tells him to like oh yeah definitely like kill the moon and to me i'm just like what Like that's wild to me because like I for all his craziness Ozai wouldn't be like just kill the moon because that man at least can understand like there's repercussions to some stuff like we don't F with that.
4: Not only that
3: but
2: he's like Sozin's Comet's coming that's
3: gonna be big big for us we want to be around for that I just I don't don't, mean to kill the moon that's that's an extraordinary measure.
2: And that's yeah. the thing that that what is what makes Zhao who he is to have it be like. Oh, Ozai is also like that. It's just like now your villains yeah. aren't even like unique. They're just the same like mustachio they're, twirlers. They're, like it, they're it also both is like them. insane dummies. They're yes. both just like very insane and very dumb.
3: Uh, because for the Fire Lord, like his whole thing should be like, yeah, we're just gonna be able to like fire bend. Like whoa! If we just like can, uh, let's just like put this off for a little while. That comet's coming. We're gonna rock. It's gonna be great. Don't destroy the moon. We don't need to do that. And so the second that you have him being, like, pro that plan, uh, it's just like, well, I'll never be able to take that guy seriously because he's a dummy. Yeah.
0: We kind of skipped over the assassination attempt and stuff. So Zuko, like, or Zhao tried to assassinate Zuko and failed. Zuko looks fine. He doesn't look injured at all. I yeah. don't <laughs> doesn't have Like, does he? Did he even have a
2: single scar? I'm not sure. And he then, has no scars as far as I can see with my eyes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is, like,
0: and even when we watched this episode in the show, I was like, Ah, oh, Zuko could have taken a little bit more damage, but at least he was like bandaged up, had a couple of scars. Here, he looks fine. And not only that, he swims. And this is a weird plot hole to me, but it does exist. We we know in the Avatar universe that the firebenders need a source of fire to burn stuff. Yet when he's swimming through this water, he's able to burn the glacier. That's a good goddamn point. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm like, and how would he have a source of fire underwater anyways? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so that think that, that, that yeah, but that this plot hole shouldn't exist if they adapted the show properly and had the firebenders able to firebend without a source of fire. But but yeah. Because they have this weird, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but that really, I have that in my notes because that stuck with me, how Zuko was able to just burn the water, or burn the uh, ice here.
1: Well, well, the thing I noticed was like, uh, so in a second you know, Aang's going to go to the Spirit Oasis and Avatar's going to, uh, or Katara's going to be there, like, protecting him. Zuko shows up with, like, a full on torch, and like, I don't know where that torch came from, but they know that the Fire Nation's coming. If they have torches, like, torch for sale, get your torch here. Like, that's just a <laughs> terrible idea. 100%. I do not know where he got it from. it's water-bending this- place, like, you should just, like, refract
3: the water into, like, uh, illuminating ice, you know? <laughs> yeah. No fire. No fire. Just, like, turn everything into, like, glass. Hit, like, reflective surfaces off the moon. And, and the thing is the
0: they they, could, they should have do that if if the fire nation can only bend with the fire nearby cuz to Kevin's point that being an addition to the movie just makes them so weak they are by far the weakest tribe. Say when you want about the earth kingdom only yeah, being able, they able they to move they, a pebble they at they least show they have a, a, a bunch of to
2: torches and it's
3: like all right water bend and then they just put out all the torches They're like all right arrest those men. You <laughs> 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 it's done. It's over. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> no that you're finished back right now, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but instead. And said they have torches everywhere for Zuko to have. Zuko gets a torch. He does a classic uh, like dodgeball trick where you send one really slow and one really fast. Yeah, it's classic. That's a, a dastardly move.
3: It's so funny because yeah.
1: it's so prominently known, and yet you fall for it every time. Every time. And <laughs> yeah. Katara here just gets totally blindsided. Yeah. yeah, and uh, takes him out. That that I was actually very happy with was uh, that dodgeball.
0: Uh, prior to, to this fight happening, so um, Katara Aunt Ong is meditating and going to the spirit world to talk to this magical dragon, yada, yada. And then Katara starts talking um, while he's meditating. She's like, oh... Oh, um, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Um. It's like, you see him meditating. Why are you talking to him? And even, <laughs> the, and even in the show, they actually talk about this because this scene in the show, it's fresh in my mind because me and Jacob were just talking about it like two weeks ago. A- a- Aang is meditating and then Yue and Katara keep talking and Ang is like, hey, shut up. I'm trying to meditate here. Like, I need silence. <laughs> and this is a common thing even in real life. If somebody's meditating, you don't start talking to them. You give them silence. And yet, yeah, she's like, Oh, um, on, um, can you hear me? And again, the actress didn't do anything wrong here necessarily but why is this written like this? <laughs> that's a, that's what I feel like about a lot of this movie. Why is it written the way it is? And yeah, this made no sense to me because then that's what, that's what ends up leading into the fight with Zuko. Just this like weird dialogue. So yeah, I just, I just want to bring yeah. that up before. We no, that, move that's, on. that is totally
2: fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think is, like also, I just on. want to say like, I mentioned this earlier, but it is wild to me that this is the point that really Zuko and Katara are meeting, especially considering their character journey, that this is the first time that these two characters are interacting with each other. It's insane to be like, yep, they never talked to each other before. Now <laughs> they're going to talk to each other here. And considering where, where things are going to go, totally will work out. And it's just like, what are you, what, how, why, why aren't you developing this?
1: Yeah. yeah. And then like, it goes right to the next scene um, after he exits the spirit world. And it's like, It's the thing uh, where Zuko is like talking about his sister and how his sister's so much better than him. And they're in this small room where Aang comes to. And I remember in this moment in the animated series, like you really feel for Zuko here. And instead, I can barely hear what he's saying. I know that there's about to be a terrible fight where everyone kicks extremely slowly. (laughs) Like I was just so over it already. And we go right from one fight. Directly to another fight between like the same people. Essentially, it, it was just terrible. And, you know what was
0: really funny about this scene that I want to bring it up now. <laughs> so Zuko is talking about his sister and all that. Then all of a sudden, you see Ang. He just wakes up, his eyes open wide. He just like jumps away while like Zuko's mid sentence. And this like fight choreography was just so goofy to me. At least to start this fight, I don't know. It was the weirdest thing. You just see Ang open his eyes, jump, do a flip away from Zuko. It was just more like <laughs> jarring. I thought the actual fight itself once I get into it is actually pretty good honestly I can't really complete like this little fight between Zuko and Ong here it's kind of like we a weird place to have this fight kind of but at the same time it worked almost in a way like I because I, I'm a big MMA guy and I liked when like at one point Ong has like Dev Patel, Zuko in like a triangle choke almost. So I enjoy the fight choreography here wasn't necessarily terrible until we get into like the CGI bending. That's where right, right, right. it's like the actual fight choreography itself is okay, but then whenever they're like shoehorning in the CGI bending, even when like uh, Katara in the prior scene freezes uh, Zuko and then you just see him like frozen, you just see like this CGI ice all over the place. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think they lose me here. And they had a big budget too. So I kind of, I'm surprised at I how do, bad this is. I are. do want to some
3: props to Noah Ringer, who is the Mm -hmm. actor who plays on, who who is uh, uh, predominantly a martial artist uh, Mm -hmm. before he is an actor to the point that, to date, he is in two movies. It's this, and then Cowboys and Aliens. And Mm. let me tell you, that one didn't do so great Mm. either. Uh, So, two back-to-backs, and then no more for... for I watched
0: Cowboys and Aliens. I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Daniel Craig's a cowboy and that's all I remember.
3: Harrison Ford's there. He's like the
2: angry old prospector. Uh, yeah. there's some, some stuff. Angry old good. blank is just Harrison Ford's acting resume now. Yeah. Uh,
3: so like, I think that like he, he's convincing as like a young martial artist because he is an actual young martial mm-hmm. artist. And I, I think that he's, he's pretty good if he were allowed to exude any of Ang's joy. Uh, we don't know if he would be capable of that. You know yeah, that's and, and, not something we're allowed to see. But a, as far as him as like the fight scenes are are rendered really mostly poorly. Uh, they're slow as molasses. But you can tell he's got the moves. That it, <laughs> if it was filmed differently, um, it actually might be a little bit frenetic. Um, yeah, so and, it's and, not his fault as far as I'm and the yeah. thing
0: with the character of Ong is that because this movie is like allergic to jokes and humor and fun yeah. Ong the whole time is just like depressing yeah, like yeah. there's never like a happy moment with Ong on screen whereas in the show Aang is struggling with being the Avatar and the pressures that come with that. And yet, he's able to still see the good in people, find fun everywhere, even when there's very little fun to be had. Whereas this depiction of Ogg is just like yeah. depressed. Every time he's on screen, he's just morose. There's no happy dialogue at all. And just I, I, I feel for the actor, Noel Ringer, because like a lot of these actors, there's not much he could have done with the material. The material is quite frankly shit. Like there's yeah. very yeah. little
2: it's the jake lloyd effect i mean you know the, the prequels ruined that guy's career and it, that sucks um because like and again it's hard to blame him and to an extent as much as i you know rag on him hating Christensen, although jumper was not great um that like if you don't have a director who's going to direct and have you you know bring out the performance and instead of relying on we're gonna make a movie through editing ugh, um <laughs> like this is this is what happens and it does suck for him it does suck for the this kid who who could have you know maybe had a little bit more um and and this scene too the, the fight choreography is good it was enjoyable but like this is a the prime example for me of also like the editing and pacing issue because you have this situation where you they they, they the Zhao and Iro scene why does that happen so late you should have they should have spliced it so it's simultaneously happening with this uh ang and zuko fight but like i guess the way that m that, that m knight d- sees movies is that he only does like this scene has to happen and then this scene and then this scene and then this scene scene, as opposed to like intercutting moments like to have like okay this has to finish before this happens is crazy because the pacing of that is so weird and apparently they cut out a
0: lot of it as well too That's that's part of the reason yeah
2: it's so it's so wild and like I think like that's That's a good example for me about, like, why the pacing is so bad is because they don't, nothing blends the way it should. Everything just feels like a a moment to a moment to a moment to a moment with no real connective tissue or even interlacing tissue. So, like, as interesting as this was, to me, it was just undercut because I'm just like, why did this happen here, though? Why didn't it happen during this moment, which was coming up, which is the Zhao and Iroh moment. Holy okay (laughs) okay here's here's what i have to say so we talked about swearing whether or not we want to swear i want to see if i can show you guys this literally in my notes in all caps right there did this mother effer just say yin and young like it was one of those moments of so many other things mispronounced and like maybe that is the way it's pronounced and, and we've all been saying it wrong and okay cool but when that happened, I was just like, "What, you that you mispronounced that? How? Like it was just such a wild, crazy moment. Of all the mispronunciations, that was the one that I think broke me mentally. It's moving along like, in an alternate universe. Uh, and then of that, course that seems likely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has to stab the fish with a knife. <laughs> no, if I'm not mistaken, in the show he doesn't stab the fish with a knife because he's able to just burn the fish because he's able to
3: use fire bending. Yo, but him we- <laughs> stabbing the fish through the bag is my favorite it's part of the movie.
4: So uh, now
3: stabbing the fish because the whole time I'm like, well, I know what happens. I know that he kills the fish, but he doesn't have fire. Oh shit! So he's got a knife. I'm like. He's not going to stab the fish, is he? <laughs> is he going to, like, twirl the bag up into, like, a tight knot and bash the bag on it? Like, what's he <laughs> And then he stabs the fish through the bag. And it's, like, a little bloody and stuff. And I squealed. Listener, when I tell you I squealed, I screamed. I was like, ah, he stabbed the fish! It was crazy! He stabbed the freaking fish! What an unbelievably dumb thing! I loved it. Oh, that was my favorite part. For sure. <laughs> Not even close. The okay. you know, reaction got at I me—I mean, died. It was hysterical. I, I yeah. couldn't believe
0: what I. I, was I doing think it. once they pronounced "young," I was just so like out on this like, scene <laughs> as a whole, and like the rest of the movie. That like I kind the stabbing of the fish did not resonate with me, even ironically the same way it may have with you, Josh. Yeah, I, angry so
1: angry. I was just uh, so like I died. I was So
2: funny. I'm with Zach. I was just palpably angry about yeah,
1: it. Yeah. I was not exactly having a good joy in once the worst time. place. Is Josh, because <laughs> that made me upset. <laughs> I, I, I laughed so hard. No, I'm happy, point,
0: Josh, you were able to have a fun At that point, I'm
1: like, I'm checking the clock. I'm like,
3: All right, we don't have a lot of time left, so I could start just like loosening up and just like get through it. And
0: uh step. He Honestly, the fish. Because of how disjointed the movie is, admittedly, it actually did go by pretty quick. I was like, I was surprised by that. No, like it's pretty by, short. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it almost feels like you could t- you can sense like they cut so much out of it, and the fact that like it's all just stitched together the way it is, and just like scenes are just back to back to back. I feel like oh, it did feel like a little rushed overall, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just, well, uh, go on.
2: This is the uh, I. Like, this isn't the thing of having, like, producer, writer, director, right? Because I feel like in any other situation, when you presented the script and, like, the, the, the producer maybe or whoever was reading through it to give the, the thumbs up on certain things or, or whoever, just anyone else, could have gotten to the point it's just like, then he stabs the fish. And it's just like, why, <laughs> does, he, why does he stab the fish? And it's like, well, you know, because he doesn't have his fire bending. In the show, they can just they can just generate fire, and he burns the fish, and it's actually a pretty effed-up scene. So since we don't have that, we had to figure out another way, so we just had him stab it. <laughs> maybe we should just go back and have them generate fire. And it's just like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Like, you would have had maybe that that conversation, as opposed to just like, nah this is fine, just have him stab the fish.
3: It's so great. Like,
2: <laughs> General
3: Iroh is like, dude, don't do it, don't do it. And like then, there's a moment where like Zhao's like kind of contemplating it, but like inside you know you know this guy is just gonna stab the fish. <laughs> and so he when he does, I howled. I thought it was the funniest yeah. thing.
0: I just died. And then well, well, they, well, and they, what if happened. If they can generate that, fire is this when Eero generates yeah. fire with no source and that's the yes. reveal it's like oh he's so powerful he doesn't even need a torch it's like <laughs> why is this a thing like I don't understand why this show or this movie is the way you
3: know, it is. You need that. what you need is for the firebenders to be able to generate fire on their own throughout as a rule throughout the whole thing and what you need is an Iroh who's just a kind of like this benevolent guy who for some reason is hanging out with the bad guys that then exerts this show of power that demonstrates streets his standardized restraint and shows you that this person who can exercise restraint and decorum and can like you know make good judgment calls in stressful situations chooses now to show that he's the badass firebender. bender
0: that's what you need yeah, and the thing with Iro in season one, he was not the biggest part of the plot as he will ends up becoming in like season two with like tales of bossing, say, and all that. But you do have such a good sense of Iro's character, a sense of humor, and all that. With this version, with Iro here, it's like every whenever he's on screen, it's like, why, wait, why is he good now? Why is he good now? Why is he with talking to you in the game? Like, it just felt his face turn felt so random. Whereas in the show, Iro's face turn made complete sense, and it was so mm-hmm. perfectly written. And this should like this movie just loses everything that made oh. it good. Just like they lost everything that made Guitar Good. Just like they lost everything that made After the Last Airbender good. Because, why? Quite frankly, this has none of the good qualities of the original Avatar.
1: Yeah, I mean, Iroh here does roll a d twenty. He gets that twenty, <laughs> the perfect intimidation. Everyone <laughs> runs away. They can't help yes. themselves. Uh, they just decide to dip. Uh, and then this this made no sense to me because I like. I obviously know Avatar well. I had assumed that UA already told people, like, oh, I was saved by the moon spirit. And so, like, I have this, like, uh, you know, special gift about me. But it comes now. Like, this is when you really find out. That the moon spirit gave her her life, and she's like going to give life back to the moon spirit. I'm like, a you, character you are completely uninvested.
0: In. Yes, you would yeah. know nothing about except you yeah. for some reason fell in love with Jackson Rathbone at first
2: sight. Oh, well, they got which quite. really is just a detriment yeah. to that character.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you I mean, had I, not seen the animated show and you like heard this now, you would just be like, "What? Like, what yeah. is happening?" I, I, yeah, I do not know how you could follow it without. Yeah, me neither.
0: But. I was thinking that too, Jacob. It's like, if I didn't watch the original series, I'd be so lost. <laughs> and I was watching this with my friend who had not seen the original series <laughs> He was quite confused by a lot of what was going on. So,
2: which is a big yeah. question for like, who is this movie for? Because already just from the pronunciation, you're going to piss off the fans. So you lost them. And then you just have confusion throughout. So it's just like, no, like who is this movie going to be or, like M. Night to?
0: Shyamalan to watch afterwards. But like, damn, I did a good job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who else is happy with this. And I,
0: I kind of want. I go, Josh. In the next interview on my channel. I want you to ask. It was like, hey, were you when, when you made Avatar: the Last Airbender, that live action movie? <laughs> were you happy with what you did after? Were, were you, you proud of, of what you of accomplished? Yeah, were you proud of? If this
3: I've got, if I've got time, <laughs> if I've got time, I'll I'll try to figure out like the uh, like the polite, uh, you know, good civil way. Of bringing
2: it Honestly, up. I'm kidding. But if you actually did that, be I mean, are the you, easiest are you a way
1: fan of your own movie. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, I think the easiest way to do it in in, in the um, in in the manner of a journalist, uh, as as you as you uh, are at times, respect. You know, yeah, is just like talk about because they they said that they want to make the second one. So talk about like, hey, you know, Avatar uh a, a sequel is, is, is a possibility you know something you've been you've, you've been thinking about like if you make the second one you know um obviously there was a lot of conversation around the first is there anything that you're you know that that you gain from the social conversation that you might incorporate into this new movie or you know do you see it c- continuing naturally or whole cloth or whatever i know There's exactly obviously how I, would do it. It. I know exactly yeah. how i would do it
3: if you, if you want to know i could tell you literally how i would do it uh, uh Go ahead. I would would interview him for a separate project, I assume. And we'd talk mostly about the project. And then, you know, towards the end of the interview, you want to start, like, covering your bases on other things that they're related to or working on or whatever. And I would bring up the fact that... So Netflix is doing the the live-action Avatar Mm -hmm. show. Have you been contacted at all? Like, do they want to, like... Have they asked you for advice having adapted the material before? And something like that. He'd give me whatever answer he'd give me. I'd be like, you know, it's been over ten years since the last airbender. Do you have any reflections on it now, all these years later? What do you what do you think about the movie and its place in pop culture? That's like yeah. sort of like the the balance yeah. measured. Mm-hmm. You
0: just ask him that and then He responds however he responds. I'll give him a little bit of credit. He's been on the record talking about this movie before. and He, like, stands by a lot of the decisions he made. Like, he doesn't, like, he's not like, oh, yeah, the studio messed it up. He's like, no, like, this is how I intended for me. There were some things that weren't wrong, but he does stand by his creation, which I respect. But at the same time, man, this movie, this movie (laughs) just sucked the life out of me. So do we want to talk about these, like, this large fight scene at the end because I know there's some like UA and Soka stuff here but yeah, I'll, be I, I honest, do... I'll be honest the UA Sokka plot was by far like the worst stuff for me oh, in so the movie, and this movie was bad but that every time they're on screen I was like they don't have much chemistry I don't understand how Soka's even able to woo her in the little time they've known each other and yeah it just it took me out so I want to kind of just skip ahead to this like fight big fight at the end unless
2: you guys have more stuff you want to talk about I just have one comment to make yeah, and no this worries, is tying worries. back into Shyamalan. Does he like his own movies? <laughs> and this is a broader thing I think with him mm-hmm. and it's really evident here. And this is not even a full like, knock against him because this is really difficult to do. Look, dialogue is hard. Mm-hmm. You talk to any writer and getting natural feeling dialogue is extremely difficult to pull off. Some of the best writers don't have good dialogue and it's, it's hard to do. That said, he is very bad at dialogue because he uses his dialogue too much to deliver exposition and information. Even when it's not intended to be that way, it comes off that way. The problem is, is that people, like, when you write, dialogue is supposed to do that. It's supposed to give information in some way, but people don't know how to do it in a natural way. And, like, I have right here, because this is the perfect scene for it, like talk like humans you have Sokka and Yue talking to each other and there's literally an exchange where he's like you know what does that mean and then she explains it and he literally says and then what and then she's just like and my soul will leave my body <laughs> and I'm like and then what like what is who people don't talk like that that's not the exchange of information and conversation and I know it's it is hard to do it but that's why you need like I think he, I, I, I really feel like he doesn't use script readers or, like, beta test readers or anything. And that's what you have, people you should be sending this to so they can, like, help punch up dialogue for you or get it right. Like, it's so insane to have that written as exchange between two human beings. Although, again, not for sure that they're human. These could be robots made to act like humans and acting badly at it. So, like, I just want to call that out because like it, it was just such an epitome of me of, like, look, I know dialogue is hard, but... And, like, I always like getting on, like, my writing stuff, and this was just a good one. So so for any potential writers out there, uh, dialogue is extremely important. Uh, listen to other people talk. Have a conversation with other people. And sometimes literally get one of your friends and act out the scene you're writing. And that can help. Like, do the tweaks. Do the little changes. Have a person talk naturally and add stuff to it. And it can really help enhance that dialogue to make it feel more natural. And not, and then what? What? Why? Why are you asking that? Like, that's such yeah. a weird thing to ask!
0: Uh, M. Night Shyamalan actually did act out, like, he, he had the whole script, he acted out each character
1: as himself. <laughs> <laughs> you, you make a great point about the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I Josh back it took to me look. a second but then i started thinking
3: about that
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did it he was like he was ah. like and then what and he's like man that's a good dialogue
1: That's <laughs> good that's good yeah. you make it's a great point about the dialogue one part that i thought was really funny earlier in the movie is uh ang's talking about being the avatar and like what that meant and he says, Yeah, and the avatar can't have a family. Katara says, Why can't the avatar have a family? And the avatar says, I asked them that. And they move right on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> that, and that, that was, was so the exchange.
0: <laughs> that and this, him talking to the dragon in the final act, where it's like, they're like, The avatar can't have a family. We know avatars have families. We've known that. Like, you're right. You know, Karuk has had a family before. Like, there are avatars who have like spouses and children. So this was very odd. And then the spirit saying, The Avatar can never hurt people, blah, blah, blah. But like, seen, like that, I,
3: I do love, like, if this movie, let's say this movie had hit. It had succeeded enough financially that they went through with it and just, like, made the trilogy. And then they make, like, a Korra series to follow it up. Oh. And, like, you know, Aang had to have kids for a lot of, like, Korra to happen because of Tenzin and everything. Mm-hmm. And I love imagining that Aang, Avatar Aang, was like, all right, I'll be your Avatar, but you gotta let me bone.
0: <laughs> I Knowing I'm not, do- on the I'm not doing it, unless I shit.
3: can do it.
0: <laughs> oh, this oh, movie. <laughs> and then we I have the you- fight scene uh- that starts off with. I, it's it's Paku doing a war cry, and it's him like <laughs> And I remember because we just watched it not that long ago. This scene is a pretty epic in the television series. I thought like this fight between the Northern Water Tribe and the Fire Nation. <laughs> Whereas here, you know, the Paku like Ooh, <laughs> with that, and these like Northern Water Tribe people coming in, and this the Fire Nation with their in the in the show they have these tanks. Here they have these like tiny drills. It's like why couldn't like the water? The, couldn't the Northern Water to be like kicking these drills out of the way. Like this is the most unintimidating contraptions I've ever seen, quite frankly. Not good. Yeah. Not good. And then you have like mm-hmm. Ang like Naruto or Ong like Naruto running through the whole crowd at one point. And yeah, this was just the fight choreography and the CGI was just so bad, I thought this whole final fight scene. And then the dragon spirit telling Ong to just use water. That's the advice he gives him and nothing.
2: Like Raid in Mortal Kombat.
0: Just <laughs> <laughs> I, just been, I would have rather watched the M cave I think was it four cut scenes on the N64 like the one that had notoriously
1: bad cut scenes? I would have rather watched that and like Justy! Jack falling
0: off the cliff yeah. than watch this movie honestly
1: yeah, yeah. So like as Aang's like going up to the like final uh I guess wall right before, like he has all this slow-mo water bending, which was like decently fine. But yeah, then that dragon says use water, and he just makes a tidal wave that's like big and I guess scares people. Yeah, like, scares he them away? I,
0: I was confused, but can somebody explain to me what happened here? Because I watched this, I took notes about it. I don't I genuinely don't understand. So Aang makes this huge tidal wave that he doesn't even use, he doesn't like hurl it at the Fire Nation and then they just, like, turn their ships around like, alright, the Avatar's kind of well, that's and a that lot way. of water,
2: I guess we should leave <laughs> like, I I also wrote that down, where, like uh, once again, I'm getting everything wrong, like, he just raises up a tidal wave whereas in the show, he basically like, turns into, like, a walking fish spirit monster thing and just starts wrecking shop on the Fire Nation and that again, is the point like, The Avatar uh, state is supposed to be kind of scary. It's supposed to be this thing like, you know, like when it happens, you're supposed to be like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Like it's supposed to be dangerous. It's supposed to be bad both for the person facing it and for Aang to be in it if he can't control it. That is how that's supposed to work. And in this movie, it's just like, okay, great. He's entered the Avatar state. What does that mean? I don't know. He can can raise water. (laughs) and You're just like, oh, okay, cool. So, like, there's, it nothing, means- there's
3: nothing scary about it. Like, that's right. part of what gives, you know, it ge- that moment gives the show some teeth. It gives and the show it- some edge of, like, Ang, who is, you know, this hundred year old kid, uh, being like, this is like, I'm very scared of what I can do. Uh, I, that's so important. And even if, if, if you are, like, trying to build out a film series, even, like, why wouldn't you want to go there? That gives you such like a a, a compelling um, hook to land your story on as you wait for round
0: two. And this is a very weird thing to cut out, I feel like, out of all the things they cut out. Because if they incorporated, like, Aang as this huge salamander spirit just uh, decimating the Fire Nation, then that could have been one of the scenes where you're like, wow, this movie was crap, but Aang destroying the Fire Nation is pretty cool. Like, I feel like a lot of people would have came from that thinking like that. But instead, they just have Aang raising this tidal wave and, like, setting it down, and that's it. And you just lose what made this scene in the show so great. You see, Ang just—I i can see clearly in my head him like slicing the buildings and doing all that. And instead, you just have literally nothing, and it's just so disappointing. It just takes the wind out of your sails. Takes like you're like, wow, this is it. This is what they can. This is this is the end of this movie. Just Ang raising this wave, and it's like, damn. This movie like truly sucks in every sense of the word. Like even yeah. if you rem- even if it had was unrelated to Avatar the Last Airbender, like the original series, and it was just a thing on its own, this would just be a
2: horrible movie. Like yep. And they also yeah, had like four also... random waterbenders kill Zhao. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, well, I, we were gonna get into that, but yeah, Jacob, you're just bits? about to say. Yeah, I was gonna say
1: you also get the unceremonious just lifting in the air. I guess suffocating underwater and then dropping like that's and what it, and it, was
0: these fo- it wasn't even Katara. It. it was these four like random white tribes water people they just come up on the bridge you don't know who these characters are they come and yeah, there's a moment when they start
3: walking up i'm like oh okay so are they about to get like justice uh. for the fish is it is it soka <laughs> is it ong is it Kata- like is it the crew is and then no it's just like or people you've never and, seen and
0: admittedly, I started laughing. Yeah. Like, they, just drop, they just drop Zhao, and he just like falls. It's like, oh, is he dead? That wasn't even like that big of a fall. And it's like, oh, he is dead.
3: Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah?
0: I was like, wow, yeah. that was the most, you're, you're right, Jacob, the most unceremonious death I've seen an antagonist get to just be killed by these, like, essentially these NPCs. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> right here. Uh, that was the most, like, out of all the ways to die. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Uh, and then, like, apparently this was enough payoff for uh, Ong, who previously was, like, too scared to take on the mantle of being the Avatar. He's, like, totally fine with it now. Like, you have all of the people start bowing to him, even Katara Sokka, even some Fire Nation people I saw were were in there. there?
0: I had that in my notes. Um, I was like, am
1: I crazy? Why are Fire Nation soldiers here, and why are they
0: bowing to Ong? It's, like, full opposite
3: of, of where he goes, where it's, like... He enters the avatar state and then everyone's like worshiping. He's like, Oh, I like that.
2: More of that. Yeah. I've done that. That's good it's such a weird like I even once again at this point I'm, I'm writing in all caps like what is this ending shot like what is the pose he's doing what is that pose and he what also has this poop? expression yeah, yeah. and I'm like why does he look so concerned like what is this moment <laughs> it's such a weird shot
0: yeah so so it's everybody bowing to him and then he does like a bending pose and then he just has like the goofiest facial expression like because <laughs> I, I have that in my notes as well Kevin I'm like what face is Aang they making want. here and why They're is this the they shot want. why is it the shot they chose to like end this story because it's not the final scene we're going to see Azula and like of uh, 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 Ozai in a second but there's a final like thing you get of Team Avatar and it's just Ang making the weirdest facial expression and it's like wow this is the most deflating end to this horrible movie
2: Ugh. it's it's a super odd choice to end that this movie on and the shot to end it on because like I, I just, uh, like so, like so many things in this film. Like, why did you choose this? And then, of course, the audacity, the sheer audacity, after doing this movie, that you and then think you can end it the way you do there with the Azula introduction. How dare you, sir? Like. <laughs> Again, making this movie, who are you making this for? Because the only people at the end of the movie who would be excited about that reveal would be the fans. And you know who's not happy when this happens by this point? The fans. So I'm not excited at the potential of the next movie. I'm horrified at the potential of the next movie and the introduction of one of my favorite characters. I'm just like, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. At I least don't they want didn't make this. it.
0: Thank God. They, I yeah. mean, I've oh, seen them butcher character and like, ruin this franchise. <laughs> any more than they already have But yeah um, I mean In the final scene we got Ozai He's saying Sozin's Comet comes in three years This this confused me a little bit These movies are going to
3: take a long time To make folks
0: <laughs> Apparently We <Yeah. laughs> got Noah Ringer kids,
3: kid's going to get old <laughs> So we got to turn that into <laughs> years
0: Yep, and it grants yeah, Firebenders exactly the ability to not be using a source of fire. It's like, oh, great. If only they had that ability. This, this Sosan's time.
3: Comets coming in. It's going to give Firebenders a fighting chance. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty much,
0: yeah. laughs> rather than make them over it's literally just going to put them on E. Give play. Firebenders yeah. a You're shot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and that concludes our coverage of this movie. Does anyone have any final thoughts? Movie. Box? Movie, this, uh, uh, this amazing... Uh, and Night magnum opus. Let's just say it here. I don't know how this didn't win Best Picture. I don't know how this didn't win. <laughs> take. And he should have won Best Writer, Best Producer, Best Director, Best Effects, everything.
2: Look, right. Very clearly. I just... I think, you know, we you said it before, Zach, and I think, Josh, you touched on it, and I had it written down. But I think the biggest thing with this movie is exactly that... It's like they just like I I did not watch the show but just had a checklist like if you read the Wikipedia f- page it feels like they were given a checklist of stuff that was supposed to happen in the first season from like the the prison break to to you know the the UA stuff to to everything actually even leading up to the to Northern Air Temple it's like they had this checklist and they instead of like doing anything they just were checking off okay this has to happen in this scene and in this scene and it's just like well because in the show this happens and then this happens and then this happens and that's all they did it like it would have been a lot better if they just cut stuff out and i as a fan i would have been fine with it because they already did cut a lot of other stuff out just cut stuff out to condense the story make it longer if you have to so you can give these moments time like time to breathe or split it into two films. Like, like I know season one isn't the most ideal thing to split into two, but like, try that. Like, cause right now the way it is, it doesn't feel like it, it's a story. It feels like it's a just checklist of moments yeah. that a person, if they were adapting, we're just going to like, what, like if I'm adapting this, what do I have to include as opposed to putting any energy or emotion or effort into actually conveying the story and the, the, the things that people like behind it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Totally correct. Like uh yes. everything you said is right there. Yes.
0: Honestly, nothing, <laughs> nothing further to add. I, mean, like, I I don't have anything to add to it, because Kevin just spitting facts yeah. all over the place. <laughs> yeah. There's not like everything he's saying I wholeheartedly agree with. Just completely agree. I remember when I was watching this, I remember I worked on the live-action Death Note film, and I felt similarly about that than I feel about this. Because I remember working on that, and I was like, wow, this is this is just going to be horrible. <laughs> and it was horrible when it came out. And the issue is some of these animated properties, some of these animated series or animated movies or animated shows – don't need to be made into live-action. That's how I feel about Avatar Last Airbender. That's how I felt about Death Note. Death Note was a great anime. Got a horrible live-action film. Because the thing is... You can't really cat, you'll never be able to perfectly cast these cartoon characters. Like, I felt like with Death Note, like the main character, they were never going to be able to find a high school student or somebody who looked like that to play this character. And even with Aang, it's like Noah Ringer, he has the martial arts experience, but it's going to be impossible for a human, like a, like any child or like any teen to capture what makes
1: Aang Aang or what makes Aang Ong in this case. Well, so. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, they're they're gonna try. Like they're got, they're. No, they are gonna try,
0: series. and that's that's one of my issues with Hollywood as a whole. Is because as as a whole, because they're like, okay, this will make us money if we adapt this into a yes. live action thing. But a lot of these things just do not need any live action adaptation. Quite
3: correct. Right. There's there's that. There's also like just the fact, and I think what you're speaking to, Zach, mm-hmm. is I think when when you're, it's so medium specific. You know, mm-hmm. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Is a success because it's animation. Yes. Uh and it's it's because it is uh a, a wonderful story with wonderful characters that are rendered with exquisite animation. Um and it is it is using the format of of the cartoon. Um both the fact that it's like these are like tight 20-ish minute stories, uh that the budget is is so high for like however much you can animate over the course of that episode but really the biggest budgetary consideration is your imagination um that when when that's the case and that's like the beauty of of, of a lot of art forms uh painting um uh you know a uh books you know like it's you're it, you're only constrained by how much you can imagine the world that you're creating when you're working in genre space, really specifically. Uh, and that's going to be really hard. And I think that's going to become such a hang up when you're translating a comic book or, uh, or manga or anime or just a, a cartoon, anything like this to, to lie back. It's, it's a big piece of why, like we don't have a, like a, an everyone agrees upon this. This was the good video game movie situation yet, you know, like that. It's has like a ad- hedgehog no i said not everybody agrees i don't think that there's a slam dunk one yet and even that kevin is actually a perfect example of what i'm trying to say is that so much of the attention is on getting like these um getting like these medium qualities right that there's so much concern about that that like they had to like publicly shame themselves with how sonic looked so that they could get to something more agreeable, right? Like they had to like put the teeth away and whatever the hell else they had with yeah, Sonic 1.0. That I think that often what gets, what ends up getting lost because there is a rightful amount of, uh, of panic involved and attention to detail involved in like lifting the thing from one medium into the next. is just like you left all of the heart on the table all of the heart is gone uh and uh, and it's not just the character is the heart i think often like the medium itself uh is is a critical piece of it and i think that for me with uh this movie clarified for me that like avatar the last airbender as an animated journey it is such a pivotal piece uh, like I, I good luck to netflix uh i i know that there seems <laughs> to have been like some falling out with the creators and they don't seem to be involved
2: Which- anymore Good I luck. feel like that says everything, right? Good like, luck. so this is, yes. this is like, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I think there is an aspect there that becomes the hook, or that becomes a problem. Because I think you can do adaptations correctly. The MCU pretty much exhibits the fact that like, you could do Absolutely. them to great, great success. But of course, it's about, again, keeping the things that are at the heart of it, right? And I don't think that's necessarily um, the problems of creators half the time. I do think it is the change in the medium. Because when, like, animation is a great example, because animation is so almost looked down upon by a lot of the general public or, and even by like the actual studios behind it, that they let animators do whatever they want because they're just like, it doesn't matter. Whereas once you do this live action, right? Netflix is a good example. I was excited about the Netflix adaptation up until, uh, you know, um, Brian and, um, Michael, Michael, Michael uh, um, bowed out. And now I'm like, oh, this is going to suck because, once you get into live action once you get into like budgets like this it becomes well we got to make sure it's successful and becoming successful especially for adaptations becomes doing things sort of whim that the studio and the people behind it are going to think that are acceptable i don't necessarily think 100 percent that m night was a choice about the white casting i do think that's a studio thing and i think those are the little things sonic the hedgehog looking more realistic versus a cartoon. I really do feel like that was more of like the decision of the, the higher ups because they were just like, well, we can't have him look like that. Like that's, that's silly. No one's going to want to watch that. And it's just like the fans are going to want to watch that. And that's the people you want to hit first. But for a studio, it's like, no, it just needs to be a four quadrant film. And in order to do that, we have to do this. And, and so you end up with this design, you end up with, with, with kind of rocket raccoonie more than you do like a cartoon version, right? Because they're like, well, Rocket Raccoon works and that works because he looks more realistic. And it's just like, I don't think that's why Rocket Raccoon works, but okay, you literally have Groot right next to him who looks nothing (laughs) like that. But like, again, for for people in the studios who like really just always look at surface level, level, that's what they assume. So you have something like Avatar and I think that's where the struggle comes in. And you have the creators who were able to make the show with their vision in animation because no one was like necessarily always over their shoulder And people love it because they were allowed to do that. You come into Netflix, all of a sudden there's these other factors that that are being demanded from them, I'm sure. And... They are like, I can't do this. And then they leave. And now, like as fans, I can't imagine a fan who is now excited about that show existing without Brian and Michael involved. And not because- only are we,
0: uh, are we not excited as fans, though, the issue is, I think we actually talked, me and Jacob talked about this, or Jacob and I talked about this with Josh. When you were first on our podcast, Josh, they left because Netflix executives want to introduce sex and mature themes to this show. And I feel like that's not what Avatar The Last Airbender is. Now, with and- that being said... No, there's. <laughs> yeah, and they want to introduce like these mature themes, and it's just like it's not going to work, and the fans in my opinion, as someone who's worked on a lot of these Netflix television shows I think the fans are going to revolt when this comes out I think the fans are going to have a reaction similar to fans had in 2010 or 2009, when this movie came out, the M. Night Shyamalan film, and I sadly from what I'm seeing and reading in these interviews I think fans are going to have a very similar reaction to this Netflix series when it eventually does come out Because the fact that they booted Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Koenigetsko from this shows that they don't care about appeasing the fans, especially with Netflix's like business model. Sadly, it's like they don't even care if it's bad, and people tune in once because they'll have made their money. Essentially, people just they get the people hooked, they get them in what to watch it once, and that's it. That's what Netflix. That's why Adam Sandler's movies are so successful. Successful on Netflix. <laughs> it's a lot of people who just so I love Adam Sandler. I love his well, his older films, but a lot of his modern movies are crap. People watch it once, that's it.
2: And then Netflix makes their money. So. No, it's I, absolutely it's true. It's it's that idea of the mass, like they want to hit the mass market, and in their minds, this is how they're going to do it. And, and it's tough to say that it's not even going to fully be the case, right? Like maybe that is going to, like, the, the mature Avatar is going to be successful, but it's through execution. I mean, Umbrella Academy is successful, and don't get me started there. But I think like it bugs me just as as a creator, because again, the general public is what it is and I have my feelings about them. But the idea of like, oh yes, it's gonna be mature because it has sex now, and it's just like I what are you, twelve? Like it's exactly just, there's yeah. a mentality of people that, who yeah. think like what maturity is and you know, there's like a big movie of a league of people who seek for I don't know, like this thing called justice or something, and the people behind there think maturity is the dark and gritty and he drops F bombs and murders people and he get effed in prison or some crap or whatever the hell you said anything that's mature and that's adult if anything that's childish and that's infantile and like the idea that like the the, the, the anime series isn't mature is insanity because it has so much yeah that are about maturity About forgiveness and redemption And change and acceptance And the type of things that signify you As a mature adult as opposed to A judgmental like child Like that's the whole point is about Growing into maturity that is Aang's journey In this show so it's just again It's just this weird mentality of the people Behind the creation who because they have power And money they think they know what's right I guess And here we are with these type of things where Sex equals maturity
1: And then Jacob do you have any closing thoughts about all this movie Movie, the yeah. Netflix series, any I, of that. As I mean, I think they drop some really heavy themes. Like we've been talking about it, Zach. Like in some of the episodes, like the deserter. Like there's lots of discussion there that goes the on. The mechanist, the, the Northern the Mechanist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like with the the conversation between like progress and nature. I think like you deal with really complex emotions. You deal with all of these stories, and I feel like it's just gonna miss the mark. Yeah, I feel like the warning signs are there, and no one's really like uh, stepping up, but. Hey, uh, what what can you do? Like, it's probably going to be uh, a trash series.
3: It'll so. be what it's going to be. But the thing is, is that um, the show that you both are covering weekly in absolutely excellent fashion is still going to be here. Uh, and the fact that yeah. it, like it has it has found uh, it has found a new audience. You know, there's a lot of people with my story. I think right now, uh, I, as Kevin mentioned, as you guys talk about a lot with your guests, like it's the story of it being passed down. Uh, And now that it's as accessible as it is, and even if a day comes where it's less accessible, it's going to be found. Uh, And this show is always going to be like a banner story within this medium. Uh, And people are always going to be able to have it to talk about. Uh, The fact that this Shyamalan movie came out 11 years ago and sucked so hard (laughs) did not uh, take away the love that people have for, for Aang and Katara and Sokka and Appa and Momo and everyone and Toph. Lord Toph, thank like, God, this movie didn't touch Toph, by the way yeah uh, you know, like these characters will and the heart of them will will still be there. so adaptation is a tricky tricky thing, and uh I think it's it's a hard thing for for many people for me it's it's something that i'm I'm able to do, but like as best as possible, you like much like there was like a melon scooping effort in making the movie, you just like scoop this one out, and you throw it in the trash. And you move on. And if that's what the show becomes, if that's what the live action show becomes, it's a huge bummer. And it's not that it's not, and it's not that it's unimportant that it's a huge bummer. It may be very important that it's a really big bummer, but it doesn't mean that this story and the one that is, has been told is rubbish uh is deteriorated is diminished no,
0: not, uh, not at all not at all yeah. and to your point it's like for me this is why i say avatar the remainder doesn't need a live action adaptation cuz the yes. ori- original series it's just over these 3 seasons they paint such a beautiful and well thought out picture and you're le- when when you finish the series you're like wow What an amazing piece of art overall, just the characters, the writing, the art direction, the animation, like it hits on every single point. And to me, I've always said like Avatar The Last Airbender, like besides like SpongeBob SquarePants, which is comedy, like Avatar The Last Airbender is the best children's show of all time. No cut the. I don't even think anything compares to it. So and they wrap a bow on it completely. And yet. These studios want to come in and they're just like, just bastardizing it, sadly. It's just depressing, honestly. Like, some things are just better left untouched. And you're right. It won't take away from it. They can make a million shitty live action series. M. Night Trauma can make this trilogy. <laughs> they can all bomb, but people will come back to the original series because of how well done it is. But to me, I just feel like just leave it alone. <laughs> just- yeah. For the love of god just don't try it again. I don't think that I don't think you'll get that wish though. No, I do, I don't think mm-hmm. I will and I don't think I'll get a, like I don't think I'll ever get that wish. And it's sad but what can you do? Well, I mean, we're not going to podcast about that next <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I definitely not. I definitely will not unless it's somehow good, which I don't. Live your out. life, Zach is what I no, always exactly yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we have Jacob. Yeah. We have quite a bit of feedback. I feel like
1: do we not? Yes, we do have some people who wrote in. So maybe we mm-hmm. can tackle those really quickly. Yeah. Uh, I know, like we've been uh, talking about how bad the mispronunciations are. Sarah wants us to rank all of the uh, movie mispronunciations for us. I feel like young has to be up there just from yeah. Just y- and young is probably that. my number one word. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's my. that's mine as well because it's like yang is a word that exists it has nothing to do with the avatar that might be an issue like pronouncing avatar correctly but young like there's no you there are you
3: (laughs) (laughs) i i get that i think for me it still is avatar and on because so many people within the movie say avatar and ang so it is like it is so glaring for me like that's the whole thing so like at least get it right across the board what about you
1: jacob what do you have number one no, the inconsistency with Avatar Avatar really, really gets under my skin because, like, if you're making a choice, you know, make it. It's a wrong choice, but you know what? Live your life. If you're not going to be consistent, it really uh, it gets under my skin. Okay, so, yeah, so that, we'll have that, Avatar. that random Earth Monk makes me mad.
0: Makes sense. So we'll have Avatar slash Ong number one, Young number two, and then what are the other two mispronunciations? Eero and Soka. What do well, you? Well, there's Eero,
2: Soka and Agni Key. Oh, Ag- mm. Agni key, key might be up there at three for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where um, are
1: you getting the key
2: part from? Yeah, but, I don't understand. Yeah.
0: There's no. Oh man,
1: it just it makes me so angry. Oh, all man. right. Yeah, Agni Key angry. can be three. I feel like Soka and Eero are like. Uh, I, I'm actually not as bothered about those as the others. They're consistent through the or at you least Zoka. You know what bothers
3: me about it, Jacob, is that it, uh, it. it's like some um, some uh, Mandela effect type stuff where like I'm now like second guessing like is it Soka <laughs> or is it Saka? <laughs> is it Iro or is it Iro? And like so I'm having like these panic attacks because of it because like it's like blown up some measure of reality for me. Okay, well, then.
1: I don't like that at all. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I feel like both of those are definitely uh, not too bad, though. I I think that you could slot them four or five. Either one can take those spots. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ivan wrote in and was talking about. Ryan Reynolds. I actually don't know where this question came from, but I love it. This is a weird question, but you feel free to read it. I'll answer it. I'll How would that. Ryan Reynolds do as a voice actor for Appa or Momo if we ever get another The Last Airbender movie? I have to assume it's like a Detective Pikachu type thing. Yeah, uh, I thought Detective Pikachu was pretty bad. I didn't like Ryan Reynolds as, a, as somebody. Oh, I,
0: I love Detective Game. Pikachu. Really? Yeah, I, I thought just, it was I pretty was, good. I was hoping they would have had Danny DeVito as Detective Pikachu, like what, the, what like, the fans were saying, because I don't know. I, I wasn't a fan. Detective Pikachu had really weird CGI as well. Personally, like Ludicolo and like Mr. Mime in particular, just looked horrifying. I thought. Oh, I, I thought Mr. Mr. Mime, Mime is great. horrifying. Yeah, Mr. No, Mime was not, great. Not, I
3: mean, Mr. I, I thought Mr. The Mime the
0: was brought like Mr. really faithfully yeah. to
3: to live action, and by bringing Mr. Mime faithfully to, to live action, brings into stark reality
0: that Mr. Mime is a horror show. <laughs> you know what? That's fa- honestly, I, I ain't gonna argue that because yeah. I threw Mr. Yeah. Mime and all the stuff with you, <laughs> where where he is. Yeah, you know what? That's. But overall, no, it wasn't a big detective Pikachu fan. As somebody loved Pokemon, and I wasn't. Ryan Reynolds is Opa and Momo. Opa and Momo don't need voices. What no. made them so good is just like the Chewbacca quality, the R two D two, the fact that they were able to convey so much emotion just with like grunts and growling, essentially. And that's what Dee Bradley Baker, the voice of Perry the Platypus, does such an amazing job with in the live action series. Like for me personally, I would hope in this Netflix live action series that Opa and Momo do not have voice actors, right? But- who knows what the? With
3: that is. said, Seth Rogen for Appa and Billy Eichner for Momo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, what about you, for Kevin? A you like uh,
2: I mean, for me, the 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 only point would be the um, the episode where Aang is having the weird dreams, and if they threw in Ryan Reynolds speaking as Momo in that when uh, when they have that weird moment where Appa and Momo uh, and Ang's like fever dream state have like a a, a samurai fight um in the middle of like a weird b- field of bamboo or that they did or i think it was just a, a weird field um and ryan reynolds at that point because there is a brief moment where they do talk to each other where Oppa's just like you know what i'm sick of this guy uh if ryan <laughs> reynolds was momo i think momo is the ryan reynolds in that one i, think I would agree a, with that
0: like, honestly i think yeah, ryan reynolds like a weird
2: like half second moment where you're like wait is that ryan reynolds uh, i thought be, i think that'd be pretty funny I agree with you there. Uh, Josiah wrote in with a pretty epic
1: rant about the movie. Lots of stuff that we hit on before, essentially like uh, uh, here, I'll read some of this. Uh, I went in with the lowest of expectations. It burrowed way below that low bar, like a badger mole. So bad. Uh, I feel like that, like totally on point. But the thing that I like the most out of this is that the ticket from the movie, the midnight premiere ticket, was set on fire. I believe <laughs> in the movie theater. Uh, I think that is uh, such a good use of fire bending yeah. uh, that I think we have to give that credit because that's just uh, that was just the best. And use. also kudos for turning on the burner on your stove because I assume you were not able to generate that fire on your own. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lydia also wrote in who she did fall asleep uh, 30 minutes in, but she was asking uh, what happened to all the adventures? Is there a particular episode storyline that got cut that you would have wanted in the movie? In this movie? No. (laughs) 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 I am am trying to think. Um, hmm. Isn't Jet season one? Yes, Jet is season one. Yes,
2: yeah. You missed the I mean, Jet
0: storyline. They would have had like five minutes. Like Katara and Jet would have just been like making out for like a minute. <laughs> there'd be five minutes of a story, and it would end. Like so, I'm know, glad. Part of, of it. So,
3: part of the thing with adaptation, and this is one of the things. So, like it, on on one hand, it's like he's got he's got to be like, what? I like I took exact scenes and storylines and put them right. What's well, like. That's not going to make a, a good adaptation when, like, you like you know soak it bone when you like dry it bone dry, like you just like wring out all of the the fluid from the towel. Uh, there is like a version of this where you are like cross threading things from Airbender. Um, a good ex- uh, example of this, as far as I understand it, uh, is that there's a and this is like the lightest of spoilers because I'm not even going to say the names of the characters. That there's a character in the Expanse. Um, who is a huge part of the first season, but wasn't even part of like the books that the show is based on until deeper into the book's run. Um, and so, for me, one thing that comes to mind is uh, like, is there a way to like give us like a little bit more character insight into Aang in the movie by introducing like the Boomy storyline? Uh, mm. And can you bring Boomy in? In a way that also then becomes like satisfying for the climax of the film. Like, can he be involved in like the Northern Water Tribe stuff uh, at the end? Like, can there be some sort of way in which like Boomi rallies his people to to fight off the the Firebenders, and that just like helps us like accentuate the Firebender versus Earthbender conflict, the Fire Nation versus Earth Kingdom stuff. Um, but at the same point, like. I don't know that I trust this movie to get Boomy right. And that character's great. So I'd really hate to see them screw or, it up, but it would also be a yeah. really fun opportunity for a great actor to step. Yeah. Into that
0: and role. like M night Shyamalan is just not the best at like writing jokes or comedy in any of a serious movie. So they would not have done a good job. It'd be great Bumi. to see Boomy talking to a fake plant, like Mark Wahlberg and <laughs> the fake tree
3: in the happening. <laughs> I'm, talking to, I'm talking to a fake tree. Wait, are you Boomy?
0: What? Me? That. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm not bullying. are you talking about? <laughs> uh, we've been going on for like, what, two and a half hours? This is the longest yes. podcast we've ever done, Jacob. <laughs> Thanks, right? It's my yeah. fault. I'm sorry. No, it's good. This I mean, this was, was a great you podcast. Get
3: Kevin and I here. Uh, you're just lucky Mixmaster
1: Mike isn't here because we would really go long. Oh, Mike and, I, Mike and I don't know oh, how to shut each other up. <laughs> yeah that also makes for great podcasting um, yeah but that's that's all the uh, listener feedback we have uh, this time thanks so much for writing in I do love uh, whenever we get your feedback if you're burning tickets even better uh, you can write in avatar at postshowrecaps.com or tweet at us at postshowrecaps for your listener feedback
0: yeah, you can also hop on. If you like this episode with Kevin and Josh, you can go to postshowrecaps.com slash ATLA. Slam that five-star review for Kevin and all his rants because this was a great <laughs> podcast. I thought I had a lot of fun here. And yeah, I felt like Kevin in particular and Josh, you guys did such a good job, like explaining a lot of what I felt about this. Because <laughs> A lot of my notes are just like because, Like at one point I was like, man, these white water tribe members are pissing me off. I saw that yeah. in my notes. I was like, why did I even write that down? <laughs> that's how that's what I felt throughout the whole movie. So, like Josh, you talking about how this movie is just so devoid of the heart and what made up doesn't it. have it. Yeah, doesn't, it doesn't have, have any game. It. and that that is so true. So, thank. But I I did find that this ended up
3: being and Kevin, I, I I imagine you feel similarly. Like I think that this is actually a great vehicle to talk about what's great about Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. uh, because they do it so poorly here that like it just it just like puts it into like such uh such sharp focus why the show is great and why those characters are great because none of that is evidenced in the movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the key thing is that the characters are so good in the animated series. Like the character work is so important in the show and they do such a good job. I mean, we talk about like the journey of, of redemptions that they do, uh, of maturity that the characters have to go through. Um, you, you have stuff where like, uh, it's just well, a well rounded group where even Sokka, who's supposed to be the joke guy, actually is like a key part of the group because he is actually very intelligent and you actually see that come out and as he grows into his own. Um, and the action is out of control. Like it's so detailed and, and, and just so excellently done where the bending actually works through the martial arts and the the nations all feel distinct and unique it's just such a wonderful world building they do like everything that sh- the movie gets wrong the show does so goddamn well yeah
0: 100 yeah. <laughs> percent.
1: Um, I, I agree and i i'm really glad there's not a second movie and that next right. week we get to jump right back into the animated show that i know and love
0: yeah, and then both Kevin and Josh, if there's any season two episodes you guys want to come on for, feel free. I mean, Tales of Bossing is a big one. I kinda of, I wouldn't mind tapping Josh U for that, but we've talked yeah. about that offline. Yeah. All right. Uh
3: wherever, wherever uh whatever Kevin wants to do. I don't want to talk about Avatar unless I'm here with Kevin.
0: So. Oh no, well I mean you guys can hold on any of <laughs> <even laughs>
3: Would I wanna see Kevin? I want to see him express joy about the show. So you Same. know I, I That's wanna show uh so I I would love that if you want to hit us up for Tales of Bossing. say, I think both sure, of them or party.
2: the drill, a big Azula episode. I was just done. gonna say, like, uh the drill is a really good one. I love I really the do library. Think you could
3: probably just get Kevin on like any episode you want him on, and he's gonna be like, Yeah, I want to talk about Avatar.
0: <laughs> 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 well, well, we'll see. Don't lose his number. Don't lose his yeah. number. Any, I mean, is there anything else we missed? We good on everything. Thank no, you, no, to all the
1: listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Thank you so much for Josh and Kevin coming on. This is so much thank fun. Uh, for thanks Where for having people- us. Where can people find out more of what you all are doing? Oh wow! Uh, whew, there's Do a the plug, place, Josh? Huh? All right, here we go. <gasps> The bend
3: real quick. Uh, <laughs> so Kevin and I have Everything is Super. That's our podcast where we talk about superhero stuff. We are just about to close out. In fact, as you're listening to this, I think we've already closed out our Wonder Woman series. We did Wonder Woman and then Wonder Woman 1984. And now we are about to start getting back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the Marvel Cinematic Universe's first new project. Since 2019, and that would be WandaVision, the TV series heading to Disney+. Plus. So Kevin and I are going to be talking about WandaVision. Really pumped about that. Kevin and I could also be found uh, occasionally talking Star Wars. We just finished The Mandalorian. We're embarking on a new Star Wars podcasting adventure here on Post Show Recaps. A long time to go in the galaxy far, far away. Kevin will be featured on that from time to time. I will be there basically all the time. It's going to be, if not weekly, then multiple times a month. We're talking about Star Wars. So follow us on our Star Wars feed. Check that out. Look that up. We would love to have you along for the ride. Zach and Jake, how do you, how do you guys feel about uh, Star Wars? Jake, are you a big Star Wars guy?
1: I love it. I was born on Star Wars Day. So I I think uh, you've got day
3: day is
4: Bloom.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I, so. I was, yeah. So, yeah, I've got a, a claim to it. I was born, I think, like three weeks later, something just to be born on Star Wars Day. So, wow, that's
3: good you, timing. Yeah, uh, uh, are you Clone I, Wars Rebels? Do you watch all that
1: stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I love the Clone Wars. Clone Wars, like, uh, yeah, when that final season came out, I was right there, sitting down, crying a little bit. Nice. big fan.
0: Water, <laughs> yeah, there, you, you had Soka too in the Clone Wars, you yeah. had also.
1: Soka. Uh, that's
0: true. <laughs> Zach, are you a Star Wars fan? I talked to Rob C about this before, where it's like I, I watched Star Wars later in my life, and I watched I banged out the whole first six movies, and I may have been on some substances while watching. So <laughs> That'll I, happen. Didn't, I didn't get the best like image. I've rewatched actually my, my roommates <laughs> were watching the prequels. What, the first episode the other day. So that was just on the TV. So I've rewatched them a bunch. I think the first six are good. I don't like the Disney trilogy, quite frankly. I think don't episode one is the worst episode by far, but the Disney that trilogy, I feel like, I don't know, wasn't a fan. I love,
3: I love episode one. We're going to be talking about episode one first. Really? You, well, that's a hot.
0: Oh, like yeah. I love one. it. I love movie. it. It's
3: deeply subjective. It's objectively
0: a bad movie. I love yes. it. I love it. So because I think episode and I know this is a very lukewarm take, but
1: episode two and three are pretty good. I think overall, yeah. they're not bad. No. Yeah. I, I think episode 2 is worse than episode 1. And I think League. 2 yes. is the worst. Yes. Episode 1 is uh I love episode 1. It's terrible. Episode
2: 1 is trashed over Josh not good. is wrong we're no, going to great argument. No, I'm not wrong. I'm saying it's not good. I'm
3: saying it's not good.
0: <laughs> I hope people enjoy that podcast. Yeah, good. I'm just having fun. I love it. I love it. So we're talking Star
3: Wars. <laughs> we're talking about all sorts of stuff, a ton of stuff, uh, and we will talk with you, specifically dear listeners, if you're interested in signing up for the Post Show Recaps Patreon, we've got the Discord. We're all really active in the Discord. Lots of really fun conversations. Kevin schools people on comic books from time to time. I don't know about schools people, yeah, but you'll talk cool. comics. You'll I, talk I will talk comics, stuff. yeah. You uh, sure. can talking talk in Avatar, uh, people murdering each other on Among Us oh, in the yeah. Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really fun time, so check it out. Uh, support the podcast, patreon.com slash Show recaps if
0: that sounds fun to you cool yeah i guess on that note we can call it here thanks to everybody for listening hope you guys enjoy this special feature of our podcast and uh yeah peace out everybody see you next time
2: bye